0: All right. All right. What up, people? Hope you all are well. Trying to get it in today. Y'all know what it is. Welcome back to the Onyx Report, Black Masculinist News. But this one is not for the day. This is my weekly live. Um, and y'all know what we do here, right? Um, we as Black Male Justice Advocates uplift Black men and boys using critical analysis. Um Mr. Tendaji, what's going on, man? Good to see you. Been seeing you on LinkedIn. I haven't been seeing you up here, man. Good to see you, uh, brother. I'm listening. What's up? Um, we're gonna give people some time to fall in, um, and then we're gonna start rather quick. My special guest and I are about to get into it? And I will be inviting people up later in the show. Okay. So um, you know, if you're interested in participating, please make sure you are doing so right first and foremost i want to start uh what's up ian what's up jj bgs what's going on man maybe as we're gonna see well mark what's happening um so you know first i like to start by thanking my subscribers so let me go ahead and do that
1: all of you who support
0: the show if that is not something you have started to do yet i hope you will reconsider like uh like the video as you come in share subscribe join the channel and donate you can also go to patreon.com you can support the onyx report there uh, with a monthly uh contribution or you can also support the institute for black male studies uh through patreon as well so i hope you will support both so we can keep these things going and know that right here on youtube there are membership options with different levels of membership that you can participate in just click the join button right next to the subscribe and i hope you have subscribed and hit the bell I'm trying to get uh, some of these numbers up and they're starting to drag so uh working on trying to get the algorithm to work w- with me and for me rather than against me so uh support the show uh Hi scholar what's going on hybrid ninja what's happening Uh, Ian, I always appreciate your contributions and support. Thank you. Uh, Lee's Ways, what's going on? I'm not going to, we're not going to play around a lot um, with a lot of foreground because we're going to jump right in. Um, I am going to welcome up a brother who's been on my show before, but it's been a little while. Um, uh, You all may know him as Hood Scholar. Um, but he has uh, been a longtime activist, been very engaging as far as what's been going on. I'm going to let him kind of introduce himself and give us a little background on uh, how he got started and who he is. And of course, we got we have to get into the main topic, which I think all of you are pretty much primed for. And I think you've been thinking about, talking about uh, in general, the, the media's script on black men. And we're seeing a resurgence going on right about now a reinvestment in these very old ideas about black male um savagery and primitivity so um we're gonna get into it without any further ado let me bring up brotherhood scholar what's Yo, up what's up
2: What's up, bro
0: you man how you doing
2: hey i'm alive man i'm alive i'm here grinding <laughs> organizing working and trying to get people trying to get out people free
0: that's real talk so tell us tell us a little bit or reintroduce uh the audience to you how you came into doing this work um and what it is your work is these days
2: yeah shout out to yop tv for that big donation that was huge bro <laughs> <laughs> that, i saw that i was like 50 whoa <laughs> <laughs> yeah bro. but that's me man i'm just a regular old dude man it's mm-hmm. funny because i was talking to my home oh, it was like we, we really, we really are like, I'm talking about homies. Like we know so many people who end up even either in, in prison or, or in the grave. And, and y'all like, I'm really fortunate just to be here. Cause that's not me. Um, mm. my quick story is I go about hood scholar cause I'm a hood dude. So like I'm a regular old dude, I'm a hood dude. And I actually got a PhD. So a scholar right. from the hood, that's, I guess I'll say, other thing, just cause it can be pertinent to the conversation just to be clear all that I'm sharing is it's not about me more so as the, what I represent and the people I represent but I'm also a married man oh. um I have a wife a wife a black wife and three children I have two daughters and a son Woo. so like yo they are pulling up yo appreciate y'all <laughs> um yeah I got I got a black wife and two black daughters and a, and a black son so like these <laughs> things that we talk about um mean a lot. Yeah, real
0: talk. Real talk. So, um, what got you into doing this work? How did that process start for you and tell us a little more about what you do.
2: Yeah, so let's go um actually let's go back to grad school, right? Mm-hmm. Um Oh, I'm sorry. You talking about the work overall what we focusing on.
0: Uh the work overall? Um, okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the work overall is is my upbringing, right? So, shout out to my mom. My mom um unfortunately got divorced when I was two and she was like, she didn't want me. So we ended up living, a, we ended up living in the hood. So she's a single mom raising my brother and I, mm-hmm. and she didn't want me to uh, basically end up running the streets. So she started this um, organization called Youth Army Services. So six years old, I was already outside. We was already doing the, like the traditional community cookouts, um, building mm-hmm. with the community. But from there, so, so I basically been in this era since I was six. So yeah. just some things, just to talk about my my um, community work background. Been going into juvenile detention centers since I was a teenager. Um, been working with quote unquote what they call at risk teams, right. but actually eighty percent success rate with um teenage men, teenage males who were they were supposed to go into the detention center or a jail, but they came and work with the organization I was in. Right. Um, and instead of going to jail, they actually worked with us and got back on their feet and. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like this stuff, like I've seen the work. I've seen people's lives change. I've, uh, I know people who were about to go to jail. Work with. Them. I know people who was homeless. Um, I know dude who was homeless, about to who who was grabbing the strap about to kill somebody. Work with him right. now. He like, he like he he actually back in New York, living living and thriving and not locked up and and all that. So um, been yeah. outside, been in the streets, been in the community. Um and then more recently I've I went from I used to be a BLM organizer, so I used to organize for Black Lives Matter, which is pertinent to the discussion, and now I'm the director of Black Revolutionary Education for the International Black Freedom Alliance, where we believe that black people are smart yeah. enough, talented we enough.
0: We lost the sound, bro. Oh, test um, test, test. Wait, wait, we lost a few things. Okay, wait a minute. Um I think can uh, say something test 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 okay I can hear you um I don't know if it was it just me because everything dropped out for a minute um I, I don't know if it was just me or or if everybody could still hear you okay okay they say you can, can hear you. me okay so maybe it was just my system oh, okay um which ain't any better really good day
2: day you said I sound good
3: okay go ahead
2: Thanks, yeah um just that black, the IBFA believe that black people are smart enough, talented enough, and got the skills and tools necessary to get us free. So that's where, that's my quick background and what got us to where we are now. So you still can't hear me? I can't hear you now. That's strange. Once I said an IVFM organizer, and he was like, (laughs) yo, every time I talk, man, I always have technical issues. Hybrid Ninja, do you remember when I was in the space, um, in the Twitter space, I had technical issues?
3: Oh, it says, Doc, your volume is off. Okay. All right. Now this is look. I'm gonna say,
0: I'm just gonna tell everybody. Whenever this brother and I even get on the phone, we have all kind of problems. Um, we recorded a whole interview. Can you hear me okay? Can you Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you good. Okay. We had a. We did. A, I did an interview with him for the Institute for Black Male Studies, and I never got to po, po- publish it because. Uh, the sound disruption was so bad worse than any other person i had interviewed and uh this happened the other day too just kind of leading up to this so whenever we get together there's always uh some kind of issue um and this time it, it was clearly on my system but i've never seen it do that before <laughs> never never,
2: never. bro this happened to me i was in a twitter space with on um, torn
0: mm. and i would
2: just randomly just get dropped out
0: yeah man it, it this is ridiculous um yeah so anyway uh i apologize yeah. to the audience um uh hopefully we won't have too many more of these but we all have to just you know roll with it but um so i think we were you were you were dealing with graduate school right
2: yeah i i, I was just talking about my personal life and what had got us to where we are now okay yeah Okay, and somebody actually accent. So yeah, let's pick up there on um, the actual my PhD was in. So my I actually went to the college of women, Mary, the crazy story. And this is not about me. But like, while I was there, I ended up being based on the measurements of we graduate student, one okay. of the top graduate students, okay, at the at the um university. So if those for those who don't know, I I'm guess I'm everybody heard of William and Mary, right? Think so or
0: well, probably not, but okay, ahead.
2: yeah. It's like a top 35 school. Mm-hmm. Um, and my PhD was in American studies mm-hmm. and my focus was on black people, right? So I I use whatever, whatever my dissertation actually was on Magruder and night during World War II, the the Navy wow. dispossessed. <laughs> nice. <laughs> appreciate you, MLR. I
0: MLR, appreciate that. Um, the, the navy
2: dispossessed on uh, predominantly black families and whenever they created on uh, military bases, a lot of people don't know that story
3: mm-hmm.
2: which of course is a part of the plan right they do it they don't tell nobody
3: mm-hmm. so that's
2: what my dissertation was on okay. but for today's conversation let, let's go back to my time in grad school right mm-hmm. so when i first got into grad school like just because my background with hood do like i i just look for all the black stuff okay and now, now, pay attention. To this remember, I'm saying I'm looking for the black stuff, and guess what? I got end up pushed end up getting pushed into
0: okay. black feminism. <laughs> right, right. So
2: when I took when I took black classes,
0: okay. and
2: when I uh, when I took classes about black people, when okay. I went to the conferences, when I heard, heard on presentations, it was mm-hmm. black feminism, black feminism. And the thing is, and let me be clear, right? It, some of it wasn't overtly black feminist thought or black feminist thinking. Some of it was right. If you took a mm-hmm. queer theory class, then right, you right. be interacting with that. Yeah. But some of it, um, and you gotta think about it. So my my program is in American studies. American mm-hmm. Studies is an interdisciplinary program, right? So I'm I'm reading and interacting with uh, multiple disciplines, um, English, history, etc. Right. Mm-hmm. So as I enter as I in- engage with these multiple disciplines i'm interacting with on um, feminism and then black feminism.
3: okay
2: so this is important because it's like as as i'm reflecting on it what i'm seeing is happening even in higher ca- higher education even black feminism is being pushed for blackness
0: yes yes
2: even so much so it's like you, we already saw how they're cutting departments right mm-hmm and what departments are taking a hit? The Africana Studies, the mm-hmm. African American Studies departments, right? Mm-hmm. But there are two There are two things I want to highlight from, from grad school. One, because of that, you can really say that, in a sense, I was a Black feminist. Yeah. Matter of fact, you, if you go back and look at some of my posts from in grad school, I'm talking about privilege. Um, I'm talking about LGBTQI issues. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. And let
2: me be clear, right? Is not that talking about these things in and of itself is a problem. Mm-hmm. But whenever I was talking about LGBTQIA issues, mm-hmm. they were mainly white.
3: Wow. Yeah. You see
2: yeah. what I'm saying? It wasn't yeah. like, and it's crazy. Like, because remember, so the other thing in 2014 after the Mike Brown killer, that's when I started organizing with Black Lives Matter.
3: Mm, okay.
2: And as I was organized, so I'm, I'm doing, I'm organizing Black Lives Matter, I'm working with queer folks. And we actually had a pride um rally parade or whatever on campus. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like, yo, this is white. We need space for black queer folks.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: And so I literally was fighting. <laughs> of course mm-hmm. they want to try to hear me. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I'm a I'm a cis hat, right? I'm a cis gender
3: black right. male.
2: But I'm like, right. and even that, and, and even I mean, even moving forward for our black queer folks. The problem with this this framing and thing is that it's white. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And this is what Dave Chappelle was talking about, which we would get to later, right? Right. So
0: you start talking about punching down who's who's who are we talking about. And Dave laid the power dynamic out. But uh but I can tell you, I had the same just, you know, I'm s i am I had the same experience in graduate school. Um yeah. you know, where even if you weren't taking courses that were, you know, overtly black feminist, you could take a lit course or something yeah. else. And they would turn it into that, and so there was a, that was a period where I identified as a femi- black feminist myself. I thought that's what, you know, because they gave you this kind of intuitive narrative about women's oppression, and you just go, "Well, I was raised by a single mother, and yeah, you know, I I saw all the movies that, that yep. highlighted how bad women had it, and so yeah, okay, you, women women are the most oppressed, and black women are the most oppressed in terms of race,
3: And
0: gender. Okay, you know, that okay. was just you know. Um, but yeah, so I can understand what you're talking about, but go ahead. So
2: with that, right. So I don't remember, I actually, this class I took, it was, it was coming out of history, it was called race, history, and theory. Mm-hmm. And guess what we we're reading Kimberly Crenshaw's mm-hmm. intersectionality. Yep.
0: Yep. Right. Yeah, it was almost like a religion.
2: Exactly. Bruh. Mm-hmm. So then, um, and I'm saying this to say that I know the literature. Which right. is kind of crazy because they would say that y'all not reading this stuff. That's all I was reading in graduate school.
0: Yeah, and I, well, we were reading it in undergrad too.
2: Wow. Oh, yeah. So that's the thing. I actually was a religion major, major. Um. So I was getting more into like womanist theology instead of um black feminism per okay. se. Right. Yeah.
0: I was in so, the National Council for Black Studies. So womanism was big in there and that's where we got womanism in. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you.
2: So what ends up happening, right? So as as we when we eventually begin to talk about this, I'm not talking about this as an outsider, right? I'm talking about so I'm talking about this as someone who was fully entrenched in, who was hashtag believe on um, black women hashtag rape <laughs> culture. Um, <laughs> right. doing, I was I was there, bro. I was there. <laughs> but uh-huh. but a couple of things happened, right? Um, one i had a black woman professor do me dirty i don't want it because because people are being to figure out who she is because of the people who follow me so i don't want to get into details right right but i had a black woman professor to do me dirty so i'm like hold on based on the way black feminism is set up Mm -hmm. there's there's no there was no space for me to be the victim to a black woman
0: okay okay
2: you see what I'm saying I'm like so that's where things was like this is kind of weird then um I go to this conference like remember I told you I'm at this conference mm-hmm. and I'm like that's when I started and I, I'm like things aren't adding up and I'm thinking about like privilege and stuff right. and I'm at this conference and uh, at this time like the hood I'm from um my dude my homie was still locked up
4: okay.
2: <laughs>
0: I appreciate that support, Harold.
2: Yeah, thanks, Harold. So, like, my homie locked up, and I'm like, all right, so they're saying that black men have either access to privilege or because of this patriarchal society and
3: Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm.
2: there's privilege. So I'm like, and I asked this when we Point Blake, in the conference, I said, well, what about my homie who's locked up right now? (laughs) What type of privilege does he have? Uh And she said, and this is the one that rocked me, she said that He will have privilege when he get out.
0: Wait, what? (laughs) See, you know anything about what happens with black men when they get out of prison? Ain't nothing about that privilege. Nothing. Bruh, and that for me
2: was like, I can't do this anymore. Mm. Right? Mm. And so I tried, I was being flexible, I was bending, I tried to do everything possible to make myself fit into this
0: right right
2: but you telling me my homie who i grew up with like this was my mains man right in my Mm -hmm. hood it was three of us and my cousin okay and like we literally did everything together right and this was my man he's locked up and you're telling me that he has privilege when he gets out it's like it's like it was like she had to hold on to the fact that against that contrary to everything that's laid out in front of her, right, there's right. no way that something can actually be different.
0: And you know, you know, the irony of that is twofold. One, it was it was prison that really challenged me about what I believed about black feminism as well. It was, for me, wow. it was different though. It was it was actually seeing the numbers because I had learned to talk. I got you. I'd learned the feminist talking points so well, but when it got to when I finally saw the raw numbers of people oh. incarcerated. Uh, by gender and race, I was like, wait a minute, what? You know what I mean? The numbers were so ridiculously small. Like like just going back to your situation, this is the second part of what I meant by irony. She's talking about he's going to have privilege when he gets out. They literally don't even have prisons for women, Black women included. They don't have the prisons. Women literally get 65% uh, less sentencing for the same crimes as men if they were treated like men. And if Black women were were punished and sentenced like black men, they would not have the physical prisons to put them in. Wow. That's the ultimate irony to me, to what she just said to you. he will have privilege when he gets out. And she's saying that knowing that she'll never go to prison like that. That's it's just crazy. You know what I mean? So it's 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 ridiculous, but, but go ahead.
2: And that's not even to mention having a record, having a felony voting rights. It's like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like- So that for me was like a moment that I still, like, I can, I can picture that event right now, even though this was several years ago and I was like, yo, like this ain't adding up. Mm. So fast forward, I had already, I was already like, uh, I, I get my first, um, teacher position at VCU, which this is a story that they didn't want to get out, I guess. And you heard this before, but, um, real quick. I'm teaching shout out to the big homie um Curry. I've Curry mm-hmm. the, the guest lecture, right. um he's guest lecturing. and and this is the point you heard Curry talk the the this week, so I'm teaching um intro no, Africana social and political thought, right okay. So okay. we're covering gender, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, and this is the the crazy thing. I literally was going to the first time we we're talking about black masculinity. Then this mm-hmm. literally next class we're going to be talking about black feminism All right so it wasn't like i wasn't talking about everything i wasn't teaching everything i literally you can go back and look at my syllabus right now the very next class we're going to be talking about bell hooks
3: mm-hmm.
2: but um so i have kerry. kerry um was breaking it down we're literally the, the majority of the conversation like 90 percent of the conversation is actually on black male vulnerability right right this is probably this was one of the best classes i had the whole semester I had students stand back 30 minutes after the class talking about it. Um, one of the big things that um one of the big things that that people that, that the students didn't realize was the fact that black men could be sexually assaulted. Yes. Yeah. Like believe like our 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 thinking has been so colonized and so formed in su- such a way that we couldn't even imagine. The possibility of black men being victims.
0: You know, you know how they framed it. Um, you know where I was studying. It was framed as well. Black men typically aren't victimized because black other black men are doing it. So so black men are kind of a monolith, and if they violate each other or kill each other, it's it's, it's all kind of you know oh. we, just, we don't even need to pay attention to it because as long as they're doing it to themselves, we don't count it as victimization. And I remember having a conversation with Tommy about that one day. And he said, man, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if if you've been raped or if you've been shot, it doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter. matter if it came, whoever it came from, you still had those experiences, they count. And it was a trip because I'd never heard anyone say that out loud before. The going thought was as long as black men were going through this, that uh, it was not really to be paid much attention to. Which so- makes
2: sense why, when we're killed by the police, they bring up the black on black crime. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Even though every racial groups, the majority of their crimes <laughs> are against each other. It's, it, 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 you know, but anyway, yeah. So,
2: it, so we're, so this class is fire, right? Yeah. Students stay back 30 minutes talking to Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, one student publicly said that her <laughs> boyfriend.
0: Shout out to Malaika.
2: Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, her boyfriend, was actually sexually assaulted at a party
3: Mm. somebody
2: like grabbed his penis or whatever after Mm -hmm. the class she's reflecting she's like oh no he was sexually assaulted so i'm saying i'm sorry i didn't say that right her her boyfriend went to a party and some girl just grabbed his penis or whatever yeah and after the class she realized that he was sexually assaulted and she like she she like i think i mean i'm cool she basically was texting him going to class they literally had that realization mm-hmm. in my class mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. He, that he was sexually assaulted. Yeah. So the class was powerful.
0: Mm-hmm. It was
2: literally liberating to these to to so many young black men who had no idea that these experiences that they had yeah. actually was assault. Exactly. Yeah. It yeah. went from that to this self-identified black feminist
3: mm-hmm.
2: emailing my chair saying that. We was anti-black women We were anti-black feminists and anti-black gay. Yeah, yeah. She literally lied on Professor Carey, right? Mm-hmm. So remember, you know how Tommy breaks down how the the social scientists in the fifties and sixties um had this particular form of discourse mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. eventually is picked up by black feminists. Right. He was explaining that because a student asked, "Well, where did where did these notions of hyper I'm sorry, hyper-masculinity or toxic masculinity even come from. Right. Where they were white social sciences, right? Mm-hmm. So, in his explanation of white social sciences, what she did, either intentionally or unintentionally, took the explanation and framed it as if that's what he was saying right, about right. black women right. and about um black feminism.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And it's like, no well one if you this if higher education is supposed to challenge your thinking so if you misunderstood him, just come and talk to me as your professor right but two it seemed like it just like she really got challenged and her 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 mythology of her thinking of about black men as as toxic and as hyper and as beast Mm -hmm. started to crumble yeah so since that crumbled now she needs to respond. So, long story short, what ends up happening is this was not the only reason, but they eventually got rid of me from teaching. Yeah. And when they got rid of me from teaching, they used that as one of the complaints and they said that and get this, and this is going to help us transition. They said that I was unsafe to the students.
0: Man, I, I've had... Now, first of all, uh, shout out to the sharpshooters in the comment section. They ain't playing. Much appreciation. Um, BGS, you know, I always appreciate you for that. Um, but I had the same experience, man. I, I, I was teaching uh, on the side uh, at uh, Claremont Graduate University where I went to school. I was teaching that actually the Claremont Colleges in their Africana Studies program. And I had Tommy come in.
2: Yeah,
0: out. Shout out to MS Delta. Appreciate that support. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I had Tommy zoom in, electric, and I was telling him what was going on at the time, but we were there was a bit of a war happening. The class was going well. It was just an yeah. African Studies class. In the intro, what I do is I give them, it's almost like a sampler plate. I give them a sample of different aspects of the field because Africana is multidisciplinary. So, right, right. You know, I let them sample, the, you know, the, what's going on in Africana studies in terms of religion, what's going on in terms of. Yeah, color. that's the and, same way I did it. <laughs> yeah, you know, you just give them a sample so that they know, even if they're in a traditional field, there's still a, a whole wealth of resources in Africana studies about their field that they're not going to get from their field. So we're doing that. And of course, we get to gender. And so what I do is I start with feminism, Black feminism. Well, I do the the, the history of going back to uh, the suffragettes. suffragettes, And then I come forward and then I talk about Black uh, feminism. And then I talk about womanism and Africana womanism. And then from there, I hadn't developed Black masculinism as of yet. Yeah. What I had at that point were just uh, PowerPoint slides on statistics regarding Black men. Gotcha. Incarceration uh cancer rates undeniable bro life expectancy so clear. <laughs> i just and and here's what i did so all i did is i put those on the screen i just put them up class went ape it was it was out of 30 people 18 of them were black women oh. and, and they were fundamentally just livid that there was any attention pl- paid to black men regarding the gender portion of the class
2: so you did suffrages movement <laughs> Mm -hmm. you did the three waves of feminism Mm -hmm. you talked about black feminism womanism Mm -hmm. africana womenism and then put it the stats put put stats on the board and there's a problem
0: there was a they actually started having a problem with womanism because they never heard of it and they were only trained as feminists so i got this uh my colleague uh, Rondi Gaines, brilliant sister i got her to zoom in a lecture and, and matter of fact her lecture and tommy's lecture is actually on my youtube page uh, oh, wow. You got to go back a ways, but I put both of those lectures up, right? So uh, she talked about womanism, and the only reason they didn't rebel—listen to this—the only reason they didn't rebel against her was because she was a black woman.
2: Because she was a black woman.
0: If I would have talked about talked about womanism, exactly. it would have rebellion. been a rebellion. But because I put and I knew it was going to happen, I put her up there. They were quiet. They didn't like her. Yeah, didn't like what she had to say. They didn't agree, but they wouldn't respond in any negative way because she was a black woman when i brought tommy up they tried oh my gosh and i emphasize they tried you can watch it in the video yourself but he he just he spanked them so well (laughs) Tommy is the type of person where you know especially if he's dealing with undergrads he's really he's not going to treat them like graduate students i've seen him deal with with you know full-on scholars and graduate students he will he he'll put his foot in your in your ass but yeah. if he's dealing with undergrad students he'll kind of spank you and change your diaper you know what i mean so by the yeah. time it was done they were mad but they couldn't be and they were damn they were damn near saying thank you as they left While they right,
2: right right
0: right <laughs> but he just spanked them really you know kind of smooth and from there on out they tried to get me fired wow the straight tried to get me fired and i had to actually threaten to sue the university to get the provost to back up off me Because she was just going with the fact that a bunch of of black women were upset at my, they didn't
2: even investigate it, right? It's like just whatever
0: they said is that's what happened. But she said the same thing that you said. Eventually, when they couldn't get the response they wanted, they started saying I was a threat. I was a threat, right? And I'm like, I wasn't a threat for you know three quarters of the class all the way through the semester. I didn't do. I said, was there any documented evidence that I said something, threatened somebody, even looked at anybody sideways? No. But all of a sudden I was a threat. And that had to do with the fact that I'm hundred plus 300 plus pounds. Yeah, I'm standing there with long locks and I'm, you know, just talking about gender. But because I didn't prioritize and I still kind of prioritize women and, and feminism by talking extensively about the background.
2: Bro, you gave yeah. them so much more. It's like you spent like two or three classes on feminism I, and black feminism and womanism, I, and Africana womanism yeah. and one class on, on black men is a problem.
0: And then here's the thing, I didn't even give them, look, I'm giving them, you know, who the scholars are, who the people to read are, and feminism and womanism. When I got to black men, I didn't know that stuff yet. Right, right. You know what I mean? So all I did was show statistics. I and, this, statistics and this is exactly what
2: I'm and So look at how our two stories go together, right? Yeah. Because yeah. when I talk to the, the black woman professor, right? Y'all probably, if I, y'all, if I say who she is, y'all would know her, because she got book awards. She's very well prominent, right? When mm. I talk to her, the facts did not matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like whatever oh. she believed, right. she, she had to hold on to. Right. So even though you're looking at, there's been the increase, a greatest increase in the population of of um, his of prison in the world, right? Mm-hmm. From the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Very few times in world history has there been one specific demographic, one specific group, to go from maybe 300,000 to 1.2 million that's undeniable and then to say that that population has privilege
0: yeah man yeah and then and if you're telling the class that the fact about these numbers you, you're 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 oppressing them you're a threat to them <laughs> because you said it you know yeah no I, I i definitely know what you've been through i've been through it myself man yeah
2: so yeah. fast forward right so we said we shared that the set up to a couple of weeks ago um the writes this article on Dave Chappelle yeah right. yeah um and, and and let me let me let me set up something first um as a scholar of race I noticed that if you go back to like um the development of race in the like 18th century and 19th century so go back to um y'all might not know some of these names but Comet um buffoon um Gobineau, Mm-hmm. Uh, and then y'all know y'all would know Thomas Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What they would do is they would take and shout out to Antinua Firmin. He was this Haitian scholar. wrote like a 600 page book on equality on equal of basically equality of human races, right? So okay. black scholars have been doing this for years. Right. Um, he said he said this. They always take the worst example to create a whole theory of to create a theory about the whole group. Sure. So they'll take the worst example of a black person then they say that black and then based on our worst example they'll say that black people are this.
3: Right, right.
2: Let's take that same type of methodology, right? Mm-hmm. What well, What I'm noticing with this black feminist approach they would take one black man. Right. And then say based on the actions of that one black man mm-hmm. say black men are like this. Yes, yes. So this is what happened with the Dave Chappelle piece, right? They took one thing, one one action by um Dave Chappelle, right, and then said this is the way black men are. Now, if you don't know who she is, her her father is was actually an agent, (laughs) which is crazy, right? He was a spy or who tried to who actually did infiltrate the um Black Panther party. So of course the apple don't fall too far from the tree. Mm. She calls the article and that the curse. She calls it the black ass lie, which uh. is which is problematic because the big black ass lie is very similar to what somebody said already. Propaganda from listen to this Nazi Germany Hitler, who had the same type of framing of the big lie. So the actual literal white supremacist <laughs> she take that very same framing and puts it on dave chappelle and then uses that and places right. it on to basically all black men right right and then what she does and she's also important because she's the same one who writes the foreword of michelle wallace's michelle wallace's um what was the name of the Black Macho or whatever. Black
0: Macho and the myth of the
3: superwoman. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Black Macho. Well, they re-releases it. They re-released that 25 years later, knowing that white women helped write it. <laughs> it was pushed by a CIA agent, Gloria Steinman, and she's
0: writing a forward to it. Yeah, and that might have been, ironically, that might have been the same exact version where uh, uh uh Wallace herself, you know, steps away from her thesis. From black Macho, and criticizes herself in the foreword. She actually tells us that she didn't use any sampling. She didn't study anything. She based her opinion on black men, based off of a couple of men that she knew of. And this book, and I, this book, look, I grew up with that book on my shelf. My mother had it. Wow, remember that book? Even though I didn't, I was too young to read it or understand it. I remember even the image on the cover, and 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 I grew up that with that in my house, and I saw the impact of it by the time I went to college. And went to graduate school and people were citing it and i was like that's the same book that i grew up with and you know but i remember wow. the impact of that yeah it's it's, it's still with us and it, in matter of fact the irony there too is that a lot of modern day feminists don't even know about the book and, wow. and 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 yet it is the one of the snowballs that started this avalanche but go ahead
2: yeah so so this is why for me when i read this piece right now let's now let me be um let's look at some of the details. This piece is published in Vanity Fair. Who reads Vanity Fair?
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Basically, old white women, right? Mm Middle-aged, older white women. So, if you have a problem with black men, right, why are you writing in... Thanks, Delta Mm Gap. Why are you writing about your issues in Vanity Fair? Right. Right? So, that's one thing number two which because remember i was inside of this right i haven't seen the the lips being taken by black feminists to say you know what black men let me understand you better Mm -hmm. right or let's have a a a fulfilling and and um generative conversation no right it's it's usually you need to believe what we're saying about you yes or then and then get this and this is another part actually no let me say one more thing why then right and so part of part of my issue with this was why are you doing this in a white magazine instead of right talking to other black men but also why is it in a white magazine right right which leads me to think hold on Maybe it's not so much about the fact that we need to hold black men accountable,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but more so about white supremacists mm-hmm. using the same exact narrative to push a particular propaganda, a particular perspective about black men.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it was this piece that literally solidified me to now no longer am i okay i'm not a black feminist anymore but Mm -hmm. now it's very clear how black feminism has become an agent of white supremacy
0: yeah this is in fact why i call many of them colonizing agents because that's the role Mm. that's the role they play even in relationships at this point but you're absolutely right you're absolutely right and
2: so what i hope this show um through the rest of the the description it is this and it's cool because i realized this actually just yes after we talked. white you know what like sometimes you guys just be like you know what that was a smooth move right like mm-hmm. sometimes on oh, things golden child mm-hmm. um like you look at what Trump did right sometimes you just gotta say you know what Trump <laughs> you did it right just give him his props it's funny <laughs> just on a sad note right oh uh, I, I, I almost shouldn't even mention this because we were probably you saw what Biden did with the crack pipes
0: i heard about it oh yeah. my
2: gosh bro those people who were saying that Biden just as bad as trump they, they got a strong argument but <laughs> well, let me get back on topic um mm-hmm. sometimes you just you just nod your head at what they did white supremacy is so slick let me show you how they did it right and this goes to the 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 wrap-up point on how it's an asian and white supremacy mm-hmm. What they did is this: they took the actual pain that black women experience and weaponized it. Okay. And let me let me let me let let me explain this. So, for example, just based on proximity, right, the group most likely to either rape or abuse or on um, black women is going to be black men. But you and I know the the violence is bidirectional, so. Of course, we know that this happens both ways. We hurt each other. All right, but mm-hmm. What white supremacy does, right, they'll take that abuse, they've taken that abuse, on black women being abused, which is an actual pain, and said, look, mm-hmm. this is the way black men are. Black men are rapists. But because the, the, the instrument being used to, to carry this message is black feminism, right if we speak out against it it would sound like we are speaking out against black women being abused
0: and it sounds like we're advocating for that abuse the rape and anything else exactly and, then, and the other you part see how of I'm it, explaining this but in the other part of it is the fact that they are out there re you know using the same talking points as racist scholars that go back to the 1800s it's that much more potent because as right. black women, they have the authority to say, Well, we've lived through this, right? And so, right, for right. society itself, they can say, Well, this must be true because black women are saying it's true. But then, but see, that that becomes that's what ends up becoming so important about data.
3: Because, right, the, right,
0: right. when you and I were in grad school, I didn't see didn't a lot of that. data.
4: <laughs> we didn't get none <laughs> I, of that,
0: bro. It wasn't, you know, what it is. Like, I'll give you an example if we talked about sexual victimization in class they would bring in a woman who had been violated she would right. tell her story in class everybody would feel bad for her people would start to share what pieces they had that seemed like it was similar and then they would kind of look at all the men in class and kind of right know, right see you, you, you need to do better you need to do, this. Need to do better yeah but we never we never saw any data and we never saw any statistics and we never saw anything about what black men experience. So mm. when this information slowly started to come out especially in the last uh you know uh, 12 13 years it it really started to you know you had a lot of brothers like you and i going wait a minute wait a minute what the this hell up. and that's and that's the thing it's not adding up and that's the thing that really kind of pissed me off but you know again without any data you know and, and, and then and i talk about this too you know when you're in graduate school as a black male you're lucky if you find any black male professor <laughs> that you can be mentored by, right? So more more often than not, you're dealing with black women professors, and you're in this foreign environment doing something you haven't even seen anyone in your family do in terms of graduate school, and so you take to them as mentors, and you almost, depending on the you know circumstances, sometimes you almost even develop like a mother son dynamic with these women yeah. mentors. So when she's telling you about the high levels of female, black female incarceration, violations, sexual vulnerability,
3: like, oh, wow.
0: you're taking this like, well, this is coming from someone I trust. This is coming from a mother figure. You know what I mean? And you take it at face value and then you go out in the community and you try to impose all the things that you're learning because it has to be true. Right. Until you actually get the data. And then you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then what, what, what ends up happening from there is you even start to think about things you've experienced, just like you were talking about earlier, and you realize that those experiences do count in the issues we talked about. But and from a black feminist framework, you've never in any class been asked to include your experiences in the discourse, because as a man, let alone a heterosexual man, you're not part of the conversation you can be gay or trans and have something to say but if you're heterosexual you're not part of this conversation you need need to sit and listen and be quiet
2: and i want to highlight something you said right what you said is saying and we feel this way we actually care right Mm -hmm. we like you said we care about black women who are being incarcerated we care about black women who have been raped we care about black women who are being abused we don't want we don't want we we care about black uh, like i said remember when i was organizing for um and blm with the pride i wanted mm-hmm. a black space with black queer folks right mm-hmm. the trick of the enemy is that when we challenge the myths right the lies, mm-hmm.
3: the
2: the fact that there are times periods where in which black men actually have the highest sexual victimization rate we have black boys have their earliest um sexual debut when we account for um rape in prison which not is on uh, people always say think is a black is on um, male guards. There are actually women guards who rape too, right? Mm. If account for mm. these things, and we oh. say, hold on, there's a potential that black men might actually um have the highest rate than any other demographic, yeah. then it sounds as as if we don't care about other groups. Mm. And that's the trick of the enemy.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially when you add in. <laughs> Appreciate that support, uh, ghetto, I think it's ghetto user, ghetto user. <laughs> From the
1: hood, baby. No, no, no. What's yeah. up, ghetto user?
0: <laughs> but you know <laughs> that it, it, you know it it really when you add in made to penetrate cases as well, you see the numbers continue to go up. And here's the thing: before they had a classification for male sexual victimization, you just had all these cases that were archived with no classification. Once they began to change the classifications to include men the numbers started to kick through the roof we, in cases that were sitting with no designation. You know, so when boys had experienced these things or men, exper- they just, you know, they didn't have a framework for it. And, uh, and, and so that changes the discussion. And when men start to say, men and boys start to say, no, we need to be a part of this discussion, the experiences we're having, the data that concerns us needs to be a part of this discourse, you actually start getting pushback. And this is what was happening in my classes. I'm getting pushback from young women in the class and from black (laughs)
2: female.
0: Appreciate that support, Durante. Um, And and from black female administrators who are saying that this is inherently misogynistic. Mm. That you're even including men in a dialogue about gender and sexuality and, and what's going on with it. That you're including heterosexual men. It's considered inherently sexist and misogynist.
2: And and, and and yeah. and so like so so i just want to be clear to everybody's listening right look at the way the enemy works we are not saying that we don't care about um black women other black people right what we are saying is that these narratives are false and we are challenging white supremacist narratives white supremacy set it up in such a way that challenging white supremacist narratives makes it sound like we're anti-black feminists. Well, we are I am we are anti-black feminists, but it makes it sound <laughs> like we're an anti-black woman and we're not. Gee. We are pro-black people, and we want the same attention that we give to black queer folks, the same attention we give to black women. How mm. about we include black right. men in these narratives? Right. That's the point.
0: But here's the thing too i do believe in holding people with agency accountable just
1: right. like
0: you know if, if, and this has been a legacy in the black community if you're going to talk about an uncle tom right we which is no, a false framing of,
2: right because uncle tom was actually the man but
0: go ahead Well, you know but you know how it's used yeah, I know what you're saying. you know colloquially you know the way it's used if someone is identified as a tom they're held accountable publicly right uh, if they're if they're a coon they're held accountable publicly if they're out there using black people's names to prioritize and profit off the, you know for themselves only we hold them accountable but when we get to gender and we start talking about you know the the, the legacy of black feminism all of a sudden now we got to be quiet right and i'm like nah, uh-uh. no we we no same energy we are calling yeah. folks out this is one of the reasons that uh you know i've been going over some of uh, dr curry's recent work because he's identifying the actual people who were instrumental in developing these theories, using these theories, and targeting Black men with these theories. And by the time, and this is where your activism is really important, because you, you had boots on the ground when, we, when this started to happen. You have intersectionality being developed in the late 1980s. By the time you get to the death of Michael Brown, you're seeing the children of the theory of intersectionality coming to Ferguson in droves coming to Ferguson and injecting intersectionality as a basis for activism. And, and then with that, you see the rise of Black Lives Matter, which is operationalizing it to the extent that they're telling heterosexual Black men, you need to be quiet. You cannot take a, a, a leadership position in this organization. This is a time for women. This is a time for LGBT. And we are we are going to respond with a justice movement, but we're gonna silence you Because you're part of a legacy of patriarchy and oppression in the community
2: that's a perfect segue can we go to the black man can't die right
0: yeah let me uh
2: that's a perfect set because i'll actually lay that out and what you just said in detail in the article okay but i do want everybody to see that image this image is going to blow people's mind okay all right go ahead so y'all I'm on Twitter right and for those who are on Twitter you might have already seen this but Aisha Callahan is actually she has written for essence on the root of course and BET Mm. so it's not like she's just some like you know some woman off in the basement with no right no so this guy so Umar Johnson makes a video another person makes a response video in the response video this dude says that black men can't even die right Mm. she comments I'm pissed even thinking about this she comments under the video that you can't even die right LOL so evidently black men death is just a joke to people yeah yeah Right in the middle of like you say in the middle of Mike Brown in the middle of what 30 years later from rodney king from um trayvon martin um Mm -hmm. the whole list of hashtags like the the people we can't even we don't even know about Mm -hmm. this is a joke yeah yeah you really got jokes yeah and she writes for bet Yes, yes sir and so this is why i was like yo i need to speak up I, I need to tell the world this like y'all need to pay attention to what is going on. And so, yes, black feminists who think it's a joke, mm-hmm. exactly what well, she eventually, you can see the quote teach, um, she eventually deleted it, right? So that's why we had to screenshot her. Right. So if right. We, if we didn't screenshot it. She'll say she never said that. Right. Mm-hmm. So we screenshotted it before she could delete it.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: But um, so that way, hopefully that answers your question. So um, that's why I was like, yo, I need to get on a mission to tell the world about this, right? Mm-hmm. Because the world needs to know that this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, And so actually, yeah, let's just leave this up as I break this article down, right? So what happens is if we go back to 1970s, I go through the early history very quickly with the rise of black feminism, right? Okay, Black feminists start 1973. You have the National Black Feminist Organization, and then get this—this this is an important point. Thirty Black women, um, were disgruntled. <laughs> We—that should have told us from the beginning. They did not like. They had some discrepancies with the Black um National Black Feminist Organization, so they leave the NBFO. Uh, oh and start the um come by he on river
0: come by He river collective yeah yep.
2: and they end up writing the come by re come by he river collective statement
3: mm-hmm. right mm-hmm.
2: they write this statement and they say the issues are um heterosexism um what is it heterosexism gender no gender um racism that's right so racism from white women um, sexism for black men, heterosexism from basically cisgender or from straight people, right? Mm-hmm. So, and they make all these claims about how they were basically um, mistreated during the quote unquote what they call a the civil rights movement. Okay, so let's look at their claims, right? So, can you go to the other article, The Black Women Voices from the Black Freedom Movement? <laughs> so um scroll down let's let's look at kathleen's cleaver statement because she she drops it right
3: you
0: want me to play it
2: oh are you allowed to play it
0: well yeah i can play it um let me see, see you
2: uh, actually play elaine browns
0: okay well, uh let me see i'm gonna have to yeah, hold on one. i gotta close it and open it back up because i didn't show Okay, this. yeah um
2: yeah because when you hear her she snaps bro
0: yeah she snaps which is interesting is that because we, we don't, um, that's not something you we're more me to. Me, almost there.
2: Yeah, take your
0: time. Found. There we go. All right. Here we go.
2: And skip to like, I think the three-minute mark. Skip to where? I think it's like the three-minute mark. Okay. Okay. Start it from
3: there
5: been anybody in the Black Panther Party because yeah. uh, first of all anybody that knows me knows one thing about me I cannot cook at all and I mean I'm talking about serious uh, flaws in cook like I'm going to cut my thumb if I cut a, uh, a uh, uh, an onion or something you know seriously but would it have
3: been women
5: mostly no no so no why would you like, say that why would you say know. that that's what women say they always think the Black Panther Party was some kind of chauvinist entity they fail to remember that NAACP SNCC um, the, and there was no progressive organization. There was no black organization that had any women in leadership except the Black Panther right, Party. Yeah. No, I just now, why is it that about. people would think women would cook? Yeah, I just As a matter of fact, the chief cook was a guy named Russell, uh, Russell, whatever his last name was, I can't think of. Oh, great. Yeah. And the chief cook at our lamppost was a guy named Mojo. Right. I mean, so why would we think that? It's insulting to me because people think the black people we had some kind of animalistic thug boys and that all the women were bitches in the kitchen. No, it was not like that. <laughs> and that that. No, but it calls that stereotype. Yeah. So I'm checking it now right. so that you have a consciousness that I hear that yeah. I hear people <laughs> criticize the Black Panther Party all the time. Oh, it wasn't a party. It was, you know, it was it was chauvinist. Oh, excuse me. Is, is the world not, you know, a country that's not a patriarchy. Tell me what which one it is. Do you know one? yeah i just wanted you to clarify that for us i know but that question wouldn't have come up if you hadn't thought that only women would be cooking i didn't think that but other people have said that so i just really you're the only source of who has said who has said what
3: well just it's just like the, the general conversations sometimes that you. who
5: are these people that say these things
3: um just in in my research and talking to people it's not that anybody thinks that necessary, but those are the questions I've been asked. And I'm but this, excited, is but this is a question
5: of women. This is a question that women ask, and mostly femin- so-called feminists uh, of, of the Gloria Steinem ilk, or whatever they now want to call, them, so the third wave, second wave, whatever wave they are. Yeah. And this is a very bourgeois feminist notion, because they always think that we have to get out of the kitchen. Yeah. And you know what Black women said? you know, My mother said when they had get out of the kitchen and into the street, yeah, I'd like to get out of the kitchen in your kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't even occur. <laughs> To these Betty Friedens and, oh. and, 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 uh, and, and whatever her name is, former CIA agent, uh, Bunny, uh, Gloria Steinem. Gloria Steinem. Um, I mean, she admits that she worked for the CIA, so it's not something Elaine is making up, okay? She talks about it, and she was also a Playboy Bunny. And Gloria Steinem and, 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 and the Betty Frieden, that group, those are the kinds of people that constantly said, oh, the Black Panthers were yeah. uh, chauvinist," so I didn't want to be in it. So I go, okay, fine, well, what group are you in? Because you denounced the woman that became Roe, and she said she didn't accept third trimester abortion so I, you know and, and, and I, i'm finished proselytizing on this i just want to make clear that who cooked the food like what what a difference does it make we thought of ourselves as an organization if you had a job to do you had an assignment we were a paramilitary organization in the sense that people did not vote on what you did or what you didn't do if you could cook you would be cooking if you could handle a gun you would be handling gun most women could not handle guns like men could although all of us were trained on weapons okay so if you want to ask me about the internal workings of the black Panther party then we can ask that but when you start at, then that's a separate conversation yeah. but we're talking about the position that we were the only black organization that took that where were the weather underground when this when you went into the, when we occupied the building do you know <laughs> sds the little people's park people where was they where was the sclc naacp Africa, uh the freedom uh you know uh uh whatever it is uh, africa uh new, new new republic of africa where were all those groups so here you have an organization that had such a an understanding of revolution in america that actually participated and understood the connection and didn't care about the majority of people there were white <laughs> where was the native American? where was aim where was the, where was the puerto ricans i don't know we've been there now you're gonna question me about <laughs> cook, question what me. difference does it make to you who cooked the food that's my <laughs> that's <one. it. laughs> she went in right
2: <laughs> that's elaine brown she's a chairwoman of the black right. panther party right oh somebody right. was asking that in the in the questions <laughs> bro that's a completely different picture <laughs> than these black feminists pushing right
0: right right
2: and this is why this is so important because black feminists have literally silenced other black women mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. you never hear And if you look at this article you got all these black women who making very similar comments right you don't no, hear from them gonna... all you hear is that Huey Newton and Stokely Carmichael and Black Panthers were sexist
0: I'm going to put the link for this page in the comments uh, so you guys can check it out in more detail. I'll just scroll through so people can see it. And if there's anything you want to add to it, please do.
2: Well, go ahead. But and, and so this is a this is a very key point, right? Mm-hmm. So listen to what she... Oh, yo, she went in, bro. I mean, we really could just spend the whole time just talking about what she said. But she said, y'all want to treat... Oh, it's the black people that y'all want to treat like animalistic thugs. Right. She nailed it. That That's the part, right? They literally, these tropes, these tropes about black men have been in existence really since um the travel narratives of Europeans, right? Mm-hmm. Europeans created these tropes right during the, the the beginning of the transatlantic slave trade about black people, and they're particularly about black men. Mm-hmm. And now, right, it went from, and we're gonna look at this in the pictures, but it basically went from being bruised and beats to thugs and that's what she's saying right there and this is what black feminism is pushing and this is why it makes sense i came to the conclusion that in a vanity fair article reading to the majority to the majority of white people that you literally use a white uh, uh a white supremacist talking point where you're right. talking about one black man to then spread out of all to over to all black people all black men
0: real quick shout out to ms uh, delta for the the generous contribution oh
2: whoa shout out oh,
0: yeah yeah um yeah. now uh, you, let me know where you want to take it from here yeah
2: so let's go back to the to the um
0: the other article
2: that right right mm-hmm. so we start there and that shows that first of all that the at the beginning there's issues right there's the, there's internal issues the, mm-hmm. the 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 talking points are not what. That's why I say, the the thirty. The, this was thirty black women, right? This and this was thirty. You can really say middle class black women, right? They weren't <laughs> an accurate representation of the masses of black women during that time period. But also another key point, what she says, which is in this article, look who's working with them, Gloria steiner right? So 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 let me break this down. Right, you have Gloria Steinem a cia agent she joking. He's like oh yeah she's a playboy. one yo elaine brown was clowning them yo
3: <laughs> she
2: was she went in yo she was clowning. but mm-hmm. listen to this you have a cia agent working with black feminists she is the one who who only reason that michelle wallace's book was on your bookshelf was mm-hmm. because she was the one who funded that um that book getting out there
0: exactly and some right. say she ghost wrote it
2: wow I, I knew I knew I knew white women helped write it I didn't know it if it was her
0: well it that's again I don't have any verifiable right. evidence so I'm just but saying If she's am it,
2: it would make sense though right yeah and so if- th- so listen to this right so the CIA actually can you scroll down because I can't remember the name of the um
0: someone this scroll yeah. down in.
2: okay actually you know what I can pull it up because I want to see the CIA started this um this group here it goes. They started this group called the... Uh, oh, yeah. Operation Chaos. Okay. So, CIA starts Operation Chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, There it goes. You see what it says to sabotage the movement in the 1960s? So, the CIA, you we know about Pro mm-hmm. and
0: Operation
2: Chaos, right? Actually, go ahead and click on that so people can see it. To sabotage I'm, the movement.
0: I'm not seeing it. Oh, okay. Here we go. All right. I see. You want me to open this up?
2: Yeah, just so people can see what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah, and then scroll in. There it goes. Mm-hmm.
0: So, the CIA
2: starts Operation Chaos and then mm-hmm. work with COINTELPRO Pro, to fight against the black freedom movement in the 1960s. Right. So, make this make sense. How in the world, right, you go from Gloria Steinem and the CIA who we see right here literally work against black men to now using her to overthrow patriarchy and get free. Mm. make that make sense right and right. so it so of course you're gonna say yeah the 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 black men in the um black panther party and and the, the snick and all that were chauvinistic and patriarchal because you're literally working with the cia hmm
0: and I'm by the way I'm putting the links for all the articles we're talking about in the in the comments so you guys can check it out. So then right we
2: fast forward to what you were saying about intersectionality, right? Mm-hmm. This this other part just blows your mind. So, Kimberly Crenshaw is a legal scholar, right? Mm-hmm. When she when she's writing about intersectionality, she's talking about including quote unquote gender into um basically the way we're thinking about um the law in the late 80s early 90s okay now dr johnson what was happening in the late 80s and early 90s to black men
0: (laughs) you talking about incarceration you talking about the war on drugs in here you know yeah. war
2: on drugs and mass incarceration Hmm. so we're literally seeing literally in the midst of when the highest rates of car- incarceration for one particular demographic in world history specifically black men, right. In the middle of that she coins a term intersectionality that says we need to include gender but gender only focuses on black women. Right. How in the world does that make sense?
0: Exactly, exactly.
2: As Why far as if we, do- if, if gender and we're supposed to be talking about gender and intersectionality in the 1990s we not talking about black men
0: no it, 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 academically we didn't have a gender the only time we came only time, <laughs> the only time black men came up in gender studies discourse was was as a problem to black women or white women in terms of, of of sexual aggression that was the main time you saw black men in the discussion at all
2: yeah so go back to the um article can't that right we're going to wrap this part up and then go to um, and then we're going to go to the images. Scroll down to the one with Gloria Steinem and um, Alicia Garza. The image It should be like the second to last image. There we go, okay. right there. Mm-hmm. So, basically I say in the article, right? Gloria Steinem was not successful with Michelle Wallace but she was successful with Black Lives Matter. Mm. So, let's look what happened exactly what you explained right with the killing of mike brown in 2014 right oh hold on let me say something first i found out just recently um alicia garza didn't even coin the term black lives matter Oh, what somebody is on my i should let me uh, I, can't, I wish I, I i posted it on twitter i think but um somebody else this like black i think it's a black dude a sociologist the term black lives matter in 2012.
0: Oh, you definitely gotta send me that. You definitely gotta send me that. That's crazy, I, bro. I hadn't even I hadn't even thought of it, but I think my best, <laughs> my base assumption crazy, was bro. as much as I have as many problems as I have with this organization, the formal organization, not the grassroots movement on the ground, but the formal organization, as many problems as I have with it, I just gave them the benefit of the doubt that they at least came up with the name. Now they're using blackmail do- bodies to to you know pull up money and pull it out of the community and, and and not even use it for any beneficial reason. But I at least gave them the benefit of the doubt that they created the name. <laughs> Bro, uh, I didn't even think that that was an issue that needed to be checked up on. Real quick, I'm gonna try to find it
2: before we finish the. Um,
0: Hold on, real quick. Uh, shout okay. out to Elwood, oh, yeah, go Wood, ahead. Todd, and expansion writing for the uh, Cash Apps. Uh, appreciate you uh bgs reminding me to do that thank you uh we got green gorilla in the chat and i put up a couple of his comments i don't know i didn't get a chance to talk to him beforehand so he might be tied up but if he isn't when i bring people on i hope he's able to come on in and join the conversation and uh you know yeah but anyway let's go continue so
2: what happens is right um I, and that that that's what they want you to say they want you to say that blm is different from mm-hmm. the, the organization the people no nah. It ain't bro Mm. um so this is what happened okay i found it it is here we go marcus anthony hunter if you get a chance to if you just google how does la's racial past resonate now okay how does la's racial past resonate now Mm -hmm. hashtag black lives matter originator So I'll let you look that up, and I'll break this.
0: How does LA's
2: what racial pass,
0: racial pass
2: resonate now? Hashtag Black Lives Matter originator.
3: Wow, wow,
2: you found it.
0: No, not yet. I'm I'm tripping on the implications. So black men can't participate in an organization that's really predicated on their deaths. And even the term itself is developed my by a brother who doesn't get any acknowledgement. Look, any time I hear Me Too, I hear uh, the original black woman credited who came up with it. Right. I have never heard anybody mention this. So you said hashtag Black Lives. What? You
2: said, um... Hashtag Black Lives Matter.
3: OK. Uh, all right.
2: That should come up.
0: Um, uh, I think in the LA Times. Yep,
2: that's it. You got it.
0: Okay. What I'll do is I'm going to put this link in the comments as well, and That'd I'll put all of these links hand. in the description once the show is done, uh, so they'll be available right. for everybody to peruse uh, through there. Yeah, Tarana Burke. Thank you, Trell. Yeah, yeah. I've always heard uh, Tarana; they they go out of their way to make sure she's credited. Yeah gotta say one meet the hashtag me too but i've never once heard this brother's name mentioned it's ridiculous
2: so let me break this down right so let, let me talk about what happened in 2014. like you said i was there i was in ferguson i was on the ground right you know who wasn't um you know who was there but who wasn't on the ground <laughs> alicia Oprah, and patrice <laughs> oh damn they weren't getting tear gas <laughs> mm. They weren't in fighting with the um, military, t- militarized equipment, and all that stuff, right? So let's so let's talk about this, right? Tory, and this in the um, if y'all look at the article, he talks about this. He he basically says how BLM underdeveloped the movement. So the the Walter Rodney wrote a book how Europe underdeveloped Afri- Africa, right? Right. Um, Tory talks about how blm underdeveloped the movement. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's it. That's it. So that guy was the one who originally came up the hashtag Black Lives Matter. So what happened was, and as I explained this, you can make sense. This is that article is gonna make even more sense. Okay. So all of us on the ground are doing this work, right? Um, people in Ferguson, it was really Ferguson was the ones, it was people in Ferguson, the surrounding area, the they got a whole lot of like jurisdictions it's hard to say like it's mm-hmm. ferguson forest and like yeah st louis is crazy right mm-hmm. um but those were the ones who got it cracking who was in the in front of the police station every single day for about five to six months they were the ones who basically like turned the world upside down, right 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 many of us who went to ferguson came back and we were inspired Right, Uh-oh. and let me let me explain this movement from someone who used to be a part of Black Lives Matter. At mm-hmm. the time, we didn't separate Ferguson from Black Lives Matter, right? Okay. So we thought that what happened in Ferguson was a part of Black Lives Matter, right? That's one. Um, two, because we didn't know we didn't know about the leaders and all that stuff. We just saw them. You know the narrative? Hey, it's three queer women. They're radicals. We didn't know they were inside and stuff, but mm-hmm. we, we thought it was really about it, right? Right. The thing, the reason why it was so influential at first was one, when now we see it, like this hashtag is kind of catchy, right? Oh, of course, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's easy to spread. Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. bam, right? That's mm-hmm. one. But two, there was a moment in 2014 where we felt like we finally had one thing that we could all agree on.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You see what I'm saying? It was like... Yeah. Yes, we can actually come together and rally around and get free. Yeah. Little did we know the three um organizers, the three leaders were basically planning and plotting the whole time. Whoa.
0: Yeah, shout out MS Delta. (laughs) Delta. (laughs) Much appreciation. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. Appreciate that support.
2: Yeah, thanks, bro. I had to stop to shout you off of that. But we <laughs> had no idea that they was plotting, planning, and that they were pushing Black feminism to yes. the yeah. mask. So well, this man, is what happened, right? Because it, it was such an influential people. movement, because we thought all the work on the ground was actually was BLM, right? Right, right. It, right. It, it reached a certain level of respect mm-hmm, and sure. a certain level of credence where like, you know what, like, yes, this is it, right? And so now instead of it being those 30 women that nobody paid attention to, uh, and I talked about this in the article, whatever Barbara Smith was on the um the that show. She Barbara Smith is an early black feminist in the yeah. 1980s. Uh, I think Tony Brown Journal, right?
3: Yeah, Tony so, Brown Journal. So, okay.
2: They were literally clowning her, like they were laughing at her. And This is the uh 19, 1986.
0: Okay, who now who but, are you saying is clowning her?
2: the people in the audience
0: okay 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 okay
2: yeah so if you watch tony brown's journal um he has he interviews ishmael reed and um yeah it's funny because people say ishmael reed is like an early tommy curry
0: no he was he was he was citing statistics that he had to go get but shout out to green gorilla if you haven't seen that interview go to the green gorilla channel and you can watch it there absolutely brilliant
2: oh it's up there the tony brown journals
0: green gorilla uh, posted it oh, gr- all yeah. green
2: gorilla came through bro yeah he
0: did.
3: When
2: you watch it the people in the audience are literally laughing at her yeah because she because she starts with these talking points they're like bro what are you talking about like this doesn't even make sense so mm-hmm. they went from just 30 women and, and and being laughed at and and having a place in the academy to now right. black lives matter is pushing this to the masses
0: exactly and let me, let me be clear, for those of Go us ahead. who were not in Ferguson at the time, many of us, I won't say all by any measure, but I know people like me, we thought Black Lives Matter was just the latest chant and the chant resonated. It really yeah. did. I didn't know it was an organization. I saw, I saw people on the ground on television. I heard the chant. We were protesting and using the chant. So I didn't know it was an organization until Rush, the later. They
2: were so slick. They said that they weren't organizations. Oh, patrice Cullors wrote an article said we didn't start an organization we started a movement
0: no the movement was going y'all just hijacked the energy well go ahead and
2: that's exactly what happened so actually like if y'all saw dave chappelle on Priscott game blouses
3: <laughs> oh damn <laughs>
2: because once they got that respect in 2015 now they can literally push black feminism to the masses. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now the academics can say, oh, it's three black three black queer women who are at the head of the movement.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And this is why it's a part of the propaganda machine because now the media is calling the movement Black Lives Matter.
0: Yes, exactly.
2: So you got the media calling the movement Black Lives Matter. It was already in the academy, right? And then who they hook up with next? The Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. So now you got it, you got the media, you got the Democratic Party, and you got academics mm-hmm. all pushing this. And and in the center of this is activism. So I said I would say that there's a three-headed monster of activists, academics, and politicians being pushed by the media. Wow. So this is why. In 2015, you basically have Black Lives Matter to the world and the media pushing the agenda. Little did we know they were pushing black feminism the whole time. So, then what happens in 2016? We started paying attention. We noticed on their website they say, hold on. Right. We need to think about the structure of the black family. Yep. Right? And it's like, oh, you know what? um we don't we you don't necessarily like have to have the nuclear family right uh, as long as you have a a a group it's like hold on just mm-hmm. and then that's what basically then then as we see now like they just bank like 90 million that we can count that we know of mm-hmm. right um so they good like they got their hustle right um so we all know now but we basically figured out it was too late
3: yeah now, well, there, there, okay. was an, there was
0: an article released in, by the Washington Post in 2017 uh, entitled, Let the Black Women Lead, right? Yeah. And in that article, they, they're quoting, you know, the three founders who, who lay out there very clearly, um, contrary to the widely held misconceptions that Black Lives Matter was founded solely for men or boys, Alicia Garza, Patrice Cullors, and I created Black Lives Matter for Black women. That is a hmm. quote by Opal Tometi.
3: That's mm-hmm. 2017.
0: They are letting it be known. It is it be known for black women.
2: And so Black Lives Matter has been effective in getting Black feminism to the masses. And so to bring it all together, that's where you get Yaisha Collins, Callahan saying black men can't die. Right. She can joke about it. It doesn't matter. And she and she can she can be a writer for um BET for Essence for mainstream. Black, right? So let's be clear. I'm not talking about white stations. I mean, we know it's white owned, but Black BET is supposed to be one of our stations, right? So now they can push this to our people, to the masses. Now you get a vice president, um, Kamala Harris, cop Kamala Harris. Now you about to get a Supreme um Court. All of this is coming from BLM, the push of Black feminism. Yeah. And yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, which yeah, is why, we, and we knew that, especially when they demanded that Biden, you know, have a, a, a black woman VP and the same thing they did with the Supreme Court justice. They, you know, the, you saw it with the demands, even though the politics weren't there, there was no discussion about what the value should be, what her, what her politics should be, what her worldview oh, should hear. be. It just needed, she, she just needed to be a black woman. That was it. And the, and the subtext was, well, we've already had a black man. Right, whether we're talking about Supreme Court justices, right, right. we're talking about Obama. We've had presidents. We've already had a black man. It's time for a black woman. Any question about the politics? No, that's not important. She just needs to be a black woman.
2: Word. Okay. So I think we can wrap it up with now. Let's go to the the home run. The let's look at these images. Okay. And uh, the Facebook images. Now, when we look at these images, right? And and as you and I want to set this up as you all um, pull them up
0: you want to you want to use the ones you had on the uh on the screen on the actual post itself first or which which yeah yeah let me see okay hold on let me uh let me get them go
2: ahead um i felt this image um saying that rape is rape is rapist and like you can't rape clothes or something about that whatever and i shared that with people saying look this is exactly what i'm talking about this is the propaganda machine where they're using actual black women's pain as a tool to continue to divide black people and to and to perpetuate the black male rapist the black brute the black beast trope everybody got mad at me they're like why are you doing that you trying to silence black women? you trying to i was like all right let's go ahead and look at this now shout out to ferris state university they collected right. these images. Mm-hmm. Um, so this really goes back, this all goes back to slavery, right? So during slavery, the initial black brute, black beast perspective of black men happens at the plantations and during slavery, right? I argue that if you notice all of the whippings of black people, they were all they all always happen publicly, right? Mm-hmm. And what I'm arguing is that this is a public display of the lack of black people and black men in specific um lack of humanity right so because you I'm gonna show you right if you get out of line I can control you you are a boy and I can beat you Mm -hmm. so my argument is that weapons because they were already always done publicly is the initial public display of black men as brute and as beasts Mm -hmm. following that you get to these images right i got this from ferris state university right and um the link is on my webpage. but look at this they literally are portraying black men as beasts Mm -hmm. they don't have like they're like they they just look like they don't have like, like four human features Um, Mm -hmm. And it's like they're going to either... And of course she's sexualized, right? So there's a sexual connotations and they're Mm -hmm. either going to stab her or eat her or something, right?
1: Right, right.
2: Let's go to the next image. So we go from there, then right there, they literally called this (laughs) How Sleeps the Beast, right? And it's Mm -hmm. like... And and this is during, of course, on the turn of the 20th century, on Jim Crow... uh, And this is where they're using this beast trope two and this is why this is so important right actually let me pause and say this the reason why i am on this mission is because our life as black men is at stake Mm -hmm. yep our lives literally depends on this right because if we are seen as beasts as brutes i'm sorry as brutes as rapists and now in the current terminology as thugs Yep. then we aren't fully human yeah. and if we aren't fully human then we are disposable and they can kill us
3: yeah and that the I, community I, I know it's
2: kind of grim and heavy
0: but no but, but the, uh dr cd2 appreciate that support thank you thank you but it also suggests that the that the community itself should help with the eradication because at the end of the day black men are a threat to everyone including everyone. Their own.
2: Yeah. So, so what happens here, right? They literally use this trope of the black beast for lynching. Mm-hmm. If you want to understand lynching during the change of 20th century, early 20th century, you got to understand that they say, oh, no, we are concerned about black men raping black women because if you have, if black men rape black women then that will mix the race you have mixes of the race what they call miscegenation it will be atrocious and oh no black but so to prevent that we need a lynching Mm -hmm. and the same way that whippings were public during slavery lynches again were a public display of the lack of humanity of black men and of course overwhelmingly we all know this the main demographic uh, demographic that was lynched the most were black men So fast forward, I'm sorry, so yeah, go to the next feature, right?
0: Well, now this is, I think those are the only two, Um, but I do wanna say this also connects to what I was talking about the other day uh, where I was looking at uh, Sedanius and what he was, Jim Sedanius and uh, Martin Luther King. And one of the things they talked about was the sexual competition with white men. When you talk about lynching, you know, part of the reason for that uh, was to demonstrate that black men were were not to have any uh, access so not only white women but even black women without white male authority. Um, but let me see, is this the, this might be the one you're talking about. You, are you talking about this image here? Do you want to deal with that?
2: Yes, um, but actually, if you pull up my post, um,
0: what, post itself, okay.
2: Yeah, go to the post itself because that one, and so as he doing this, and let me say this, right, and this is where black feminism comes in. Prior to the 1970s, all of the images of the black brute, the black beast, the black rapist were always of black, of white women, right? After the rise of black feminism.
0: Are you talking about this one here?
2: No, um, go back. Okay.
0: Ah, shit. All right, I got to go find it again. Okay. okay,
2: that's fine. I can talk about it because y'all remember this. What movie, what big movie comes out in 1980s? Color Purple. Mm-hmm and then there were other movies with the blacks um, on films. Mm-hmm. The very first time and this is why I'm like black feminism is an Asian and white supremacy. The very mm-hmm. first time you it moves from black men being rapists and beasts of white women to now black men being rapists and beasts of black men is after the 1970s and the rise of black feminism. Yeah. So, literally Nowhere before history in the, in the um, history of images of what's been displayed did you see black men just going after and raping and being savages and all that of black women until the 1970s and 1980s. So that's why you, and, and we can pull up, you're going to see this picture of Danny Glover just like, that's like, yo, and then like, like sharing the um, post too. I turn it, the I Turner, it got so normalized, right? Of the black oh, male Yeah. Beef yeah. That I Turner has become a meme.
3: Yeah, yes. Yes.
2: Let that sink in, bro.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, we, we, we see it, and <laughs> we don't even think about the fact that they are pushing this agenda. Mm-hmm. And people yeah. literally let, um, share the meme and joke about it. Like, oh, what you say? little do they know every single time they share that me they're reinforcing this image of this black Bruce and this black beast that have um if I turn and get out of line if a black woman get out of line I'm gonna beat you I'm gonna yeah. basically just oppress you and yeah
0: okay here we go it it's weird sometimes my uh my Facebook page articles would just disappear, okay, so um I'll put it back up and you walk me through how you want me to to go through this
2: yeah. So hopefully the danny glover picture will come up
0: okay so what am i yeah,
2: scroll down and do you... yeah there we go yeah go ahead click on the post this one yeah that's it can you click on the post
0: um is this the one you're looking for the brute caricature
2: oh no the um the if you go back to the yeah can you click on the actual post yeah that's
0: Where, just this one here
2: yeah clicking there yep there it goes yeah okay and then scroll down um, okay oh it's not coming up okay don't worry about it then
0: um yeah replies I think you put it in the replies right I did you right scroll down okay, I'm just gonna have to pull them up and find them Welcome they... to the appreciate that membership see truth yeah they're in here it's just this you know how they do it so I don't know where you put them yeah but I don't worry about it them.
2: because that image you showed is gonna bring I could bring it home with that image anyway the one that you did you were able to find
0: Okay, wait a minute. I apologize. Oh, there it goes.
2: That's it. Here's a full explanation.
0: Where? Oh, okay. You want me to click this?
2: Yep, that's it. All right. Perfect. That's it. All right, scroll down. There it goes. So that's another one, right? Scroll up Mm -hmm. a little bit. That's another image, right? Like literally non-human features Mm -hmm. for the eater. Right, and then, like I was saying, scroll down. The first time you get, look at that. Oh, scroll up a little that. bit. Look at that. Yeah. What what black man you know? How many black men you know? Just like, oh, I just want to beat you. i like, yeah. And it's so foul that they're literally remaking the color purple right now. Yes, they're not they, even um, hiding that joint.
0: No, not at all. It's a it's a badge of honor to them. The badge of honor. So
2: then, yep, exactly. They're going to mean. Mm-hmm. And, and then, this is important, right? Look at this chronologically. Each time, it keeps building. So we go from Jim Crow era to um, 80s, color purple, mm-hmm. 90s, eternal. And then scroll down. And then, yep, click on that one. 12 replies. And then these are all the movies. The or the one with the girl like Grace.
3: Okay.
2: They had a whole rape scene in there. Yeah. Five different men raping a 17-year-old girl. I, I guess we all seen precious Of course, no. that's a rape scene, right? And then look, look how bad this is. Look at the BET link. Click on the link. every woman black needs woman every movie black woman needs to see right
3: oh nothing's coming up
2: uh oh, okay don't worry about you,
3: it you but basically,
2: a lot of the movies that they're that, that's on their list are literally they literally got color purple on there it got what's whistle- there it goes mm-hmm. why do why does every black woman need to see these movies yeah look at look at some of the other ones uh, of life. what do they got? the black male um, beast
0: Yep, she got a habit. Daughters of the Dust. What's Love Got to Do With It? Crooklyn. What's Love Got to Do With It? Of course, Waiting to Exhale. Waiting to Exhale. Love Jones. Four Little Girls.
2: Four Little Girls. Right. And what was the one where, where she's famously um, blowing up the gas car as she walk away? Yeah,
0: what that was Waiting was that? to Exhale. That was Waiting to Exhale. Oh,
2: yeah, Waiting to Exhale.
0: Mm-hmm. American Violet. Free Angela and All Political Prisoners, uh, Middle of Nowhere. So it's like even and so, they're literally overtly
2: saying, the movies you got to see, in, in many of these movies, they're pushing this black male beach trope. Right?
0: And look at, right. look at this. Look at this. look at the articles advertised at the very bottom. Dave Chappelle, Kanye, oh Nipsey. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you see the symmetry there?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, and Dave Chappelle is the one who was used for the um other article. Mm-hmm. I didn't go back because unfortunately it gets worse, and that's why I was like, I gotta speak up. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh yeah, Medea fan reunion. Did you see that when he was? Uh, um...
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah so scroll to... down. To talk documentaries. About
2: Cos- yep. Who did they make the documentaries of? Mm-hmm. R. Kelly and Bill Cosby right yes, sir. Yes, not, sir. not not, all those other white men mm-hmm. who are so scroll down some more right so the important thing that i'm showing is you got the images historically you got them on movies you got them on um, you got them on tv shows on um, scroll down some more because i want yeah mm-hmm. yeah click on the... oh yeah tell it on um the news right scroll up scroll up to that one yeah mm-hmm. that one I just, I did, I just did, I put in um Google search for, for rapists. Okay. Look who came up. Mm. A black man. Right. And now scroll back up and this is what, this is what's going to bring it home, which is, it's kind of depressing, but it's also like, we need to talk about it. Okay. Um, right there. Go back to the Me Too movement one, because this one is the one that's online. Okay. Yeah. Click on those replies.
0: Oh, okay. Ooh, thirty-four. All right.
2: Yeah, they be going in on me, bro. <laughs> Damn. All right. So click on the search. Yeah, search for sexual assault. Click on that one. Where the one yeah. right in the middle.
0: Y'all <laughs> I'm not seeing which one you be talking about. Oh,
2: go, just go up when I search for yeah. When I search for that one, that's it.
3: This one right here. You no,
2: know when I search for means, go down one.
3: <laughs> oh, okay. Right okay. there,
2: that one. That one. Yeah. All right. Let's see what comes up. Yours a little bit different, but look at the first person who came up. We literally cannot make this up. Yeah. The very first person that came up for memes of sexual assault is just some random black dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have become the face of sexual assault, of rapists, and abuse. 6% of the population. Yes, sir. Scroll down. I'm just going to see what other images come up on yours. Look at that.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah. R. Kelly. Three random black dudes.
0: Yeah. This is. We are the the men that are associated with with these kind of acts are less. They're a fraction of one percent of black men.
2: Fraction. And a Fraction of a fraction, of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction exactly. of American society. And yet, but the face of sexual assault. It's black men. Exactly. We got a problem. Exactly. This is why I'm like, we gotta, we gotta expose this.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: And the most telling thing is, yes, you see the R. Kelly's the, but it's so bad that the very first image you see is just some random black dude. So what does this mean to our existence? to our lives as black men if people just think a random black dude is a rapist
3: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah yeah we are synonymous in the american imagination we are synonymous with rape there's little separation
2: brutes beasts and a program that has been going on for hundreds of years which we just pr- provided the primary evidence to show that. Mm-hmm. So when we say black feminism is an agent of white supremacy, let's be clear. So let's go. Let's wrap it up and go back to that. Um, the picture with the girl, with the braids. Uh, um, the girl. I don't know if you can find it, but it was the one you found it earlier. Um, in here? Yeah, go back. Just go back. Like hit the back button. Oh. Okay. Oh, you know what? Click on the tab right there to your left.
0: What tab
3: what are we <laughs> what am i looking I'm for
2: i'm trying to tab this to directly beside the tab that you're currently on um you talking about the back arrow or i'm no I'm the, not. The, don't you you see how you have tabs at the top one two oh, three oh, the you're talking about tab.
0: the tabs up here you talking about this one
2: yep scroll up Okay. right there okay so now black feminists can push ish can push images like this mm-hmm. Where, of course, who do you think the rapist is, right? Right. Black man. Of course. And now they are the ones pushing the same exact agenda. And this Mm -hmm. is why I say black feminism is an agent of white supremacy.
0: Yeah. And you have a whole generation, if not two, that have been trained in higher education with this curriculum. So you have you have a training in in terms of the, those going in higher education. Then you have a pop culture training where you see seeing these things uh, yep. in media. Now, this real quick, just, you know, for those who may want to know, this is the Project Implicit coming out of Harvard. Right. And basically what this does when you go into it, um, they have a series of what they refer to as IAT tests. And basically what it does is it shows you a lot of quick images and you respond to it. And what they've been showing in these little tests that people conduct is exactly what we're talking about, where, you know, stereotypes about black men. So they have. So, for example, you know, they they have it on religion, they have it on Asians, transgenders, the whole kind of thing. But when you get to race, they'll show you and weapons, they'll show you images of black men. And what you'll find more often than not is people associate them with violence, uh, murder, rape, so on and so forth. And yeah. this shows exact, and right now it's
2: like, how can you argue against this?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This is, and this is the fight we're having because it's, it's there. this is happening in overlapping spaces. It's happening right. at home. It's happening at school. It's happening in media. These narratives have become- And in I'm politics,
2: and this, activism. In politics,
0: and there's and there's resources and policies being applied to it politically and and so what we're getting at is is really beyond a religion at this point it, it's it's become a way of life where you know uh discrediting and dismissing the humanity of black men comes with access and resources it comes with access and resources. This is where we are.
2: Oh you want a book deal? Oh, you want a, a professor? You want a job as assistant? Pro- oh, you want to go to grad school? Yes. Oh, you want to become an assistant professor? Yes. Or oh, you want to write for B E T? Yes. Or oh, you want to write for Essence? Mm-hmm. Oh, just talk bad about black men. Just, just push this propaganda. We got you.
0: I can't tell you how many black male graduate students have reached out to me in the last five years, begging for me to be on their dissertation committees, because the only people they can go to if they want to deal with anything black or gender oriented are Black feminist professors. And those Black feminist professors require them to write their work in a Black feminist context or face the threat of being kicked out of programs that they've finished coursework, taken loans out to be in, and cannot move further unless they do what they're told. And then after that, of course, the the hard part is getting a job because you need recommendations from those very same professors, and then getting tenure. And so all the way up to tenure, you're pretty much, you know. (laughs) Appreciate that, MS Delta. You're you're pretty much tap dancing to try and get some type of foothold into an institution. And so you have to actually continue to uh join in on this practice if you want anyone to sign you letters, recommend you for positions. Hell, if you just want to finish grad school. You gotta sell your
2: soul, bro. And and that's what, like, for me, as I reflect back on that time period, I was like. I couldn't even be myself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna I wanna invite some people up. Yeah, so we can we invite to some people to engage up. this. Um and you know, and before I do, I just want to say I want to thank uh Hood Scholar for coming up. He's got a family to support, he's doing his thing. So I appreciate you taking the time to come yeah, break bro. all of this down and share with us what you've been doing, what's been going on. Uh, because when I saw that Facebook post, I was like, nah, we gotta talk about this. Yeah, putting, bro. I'm putting the link in the chat um you know um so you guys want to come up just remember uh keep it fairly pg keep it respectful um and we're good you know um but the link is out there for those who are interested but no this is important man and it needs to be dealt with publicly because this media campaign i mean i remember as a a child when color purple came out i must have watched it 30 times I read the book several times. My mother had me read the book. I read the book several times, and there was a feeling I had that I didn't know how to describe. And I think, you know, later I I came to understand it as shame, really. But I didn't know how to articulate my concern because it had to do with how Black men were presented. And it wasn't until much later that I could actually say, I didn't see one Black male in that film that either represented any of the values that I was familiar with with black men or anything that I wanted to, to look up to. We got a few brothers in here. We got let me uh I'm gonna turn on some names uh so we can actually uh there well, we got a b media we got brother Ian and we got Mr. Z. How y'all doing? What's going on?
6: what's going on? You guys? Hello
0: and what's what's the word now you you guys are all familiar with uh hood scholar i'm pretty sure from uh, you know from other uh, never
4: books. never heard of him never heard of him <laughs> who is this guy <laughs> and we got, we got
0: ishmael in here so any questions or observations you want to extend to hood scholar
6: um uh, uh, feel free um i guess i'll kick it off um you know what do you think about um and i kind of missed a little bit of the beginning so excuse me if you kind of covered this earlier but what do you guys think about what's going on on the internet that's kind of inflaming some of this um what i call um neo-nazi language about black men some of these content creators and social media um you know um personalities mainly on youtube that are creating i guess mini docs (laughs) against black men so like what do you guys think about that you know
2: yeah they're all a part of the the media engine machine right so if you look mm-hmm. at um uh, if you look at it if you start in two thousand and fourteen right if you look at a lot of these blue checks a lot of them got in mm-hmm. the past five years so what happened was you got these black women black feminists who a lot of them had no background in this at all
3: mm-hmm. they
2: get linked up with the black lives matter movement moment or whatever they come in and now oh they know something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they know a, they know a little. They know a little black feminism. They know the talking points. They're like, "Oh, I can push these talking, talking points. points." Right. So, so then, now it's basically it's almost like a a, a black feminist um, anti black male starting kit, right? right? It, is. <laughs> where, it is. where they, they get, don't they, don't get they get a blue check on Twitter, they, they get a, a a speaking deal. I'm mean, I'm sorry. They, they might get a book deal. They get speaking deals and then they're they're everywhere all throughout the media from social from <laughs> on social media to t- TV interviews to prime example feminista Jones oh hell I yeah. looked the other night she's on black news channel what what makes her expert about anything yeah,
3: mm-hmm.
2: so yeah. that's what it is to ask you a question mrs Z like they they basically get this this media is like a media package that they just all hey you 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 believe these points? All right, let's go ahead. You can go ahead. We're gonna back you to push these points to the meat onto the masses.
0: Let me let me also welcome brother Green Gorilla, uh G serotonin. Uh looks like Charles went down. So if he comes back up, I'll bring him back in. Um but yeah, we're gonna we're just gonna let it go. Uh I'm not gonna kind of order this. So, you know, anything you wanna ask our guest. Or contribute to the conversation. Hey, hey, Stylish, you know.
6: Every every year or so, it seems like it gets worse. The rhetoric, I guess, that's all I wanted to say. what do you, also.
4: What do you think? Yeah. What do you think about the um, the new movie Woman King coming out?
2: What is that? Which one is that about?
0: Oh,
4: oh uh,
2: I
0: seen that. Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: Woman um, King.
0: I, yeah, I can't recall her name. She she played in Fences uh, as uh, Troy or Valerie oh, Davis.
3: Uh-huh.
4: yeah 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 yeah. So, right. yeah so she's so she's representing the uh the, the homie warriors oh, I, who, who is, who enslaved, I have um... a
2: lot of concerns about that
5: yeah right let
2: me tell you uh-huh. why i'm concerned about it my concern is they're going to push a, a black feminist narrative right Oh, without and this black feminist narrative that they're going to push is actually a technical to the <laughs> the actual um kingdom right because what that represents is the fact that Africa had both patriarchal and matriarchal societies.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so what what what, what they what they what they try to do, what black feminists have tried to do is they've literally tried to rewrite history. And so so now patriarchy, in the sense that we understand it now, based on capitalism, colonialism, et cetera, now they're trying to expand that into all of the world history. And so, with my, my guess, I haven't, my guess, I don't know if I'm right, but my guess, what they're going to do is say, look, these women fought patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Where in reality, no, that wasn't even African history. Like African history has already always had both patriarchal and matriarchal societies. So I'm really concerned about it mm-hmm. because I feel, I'm concerned that they're going to rewrite history um, to go against something that really disproves. They're very talking points and narratives.
4: Well, you know Look, you when saying? you know, when you talk about Africa, understand that um, I think uh, under Obama they had a they had a, like a um, almost a million dollar study uh, trying to uh, uh, draw a line between terrorism and patriarchy in Kenya. Um, there, there were, and, and uh, it, it was an article came. The article got. It, it got it got blown it got blown up and it got exposed because Trump was against it. You know, the Trump administration was against this uh, this this correlation between patriarchy and stable um, nuclear families headed by black men and and terrorism in in Kenya. But for whatever reason, the Trump administration was like, nah, we don't we don't like this. But but this is what they're doing. You know, it seems like worldwide now is that they're trying mm-hmm. to. Um, turn uh patriarchy into some kind of terrorist type of uh um, right right, and it never was
7: yeah the hood the hood like scholar
4: in the united states
7: what 's up The hood scholar is really accurate in what he assesses that film to be about um it 's uh Viola Davis is going to play an individual who is responsible for pushing back against the enslavement of African people. Within the Dahomey Kingdom, so it, it totally goes against the reality of what existed and, um, it, you know what what took place in the Kingdom of Dahomey. This this movie is already taking legs um in in certain spaces, and you hear a lot of Black women talking about this, but it is totally going to be a, a perversion of
6: historical accuracy.
3: Hmm. I mean,
6: let's not act like this is above them. I mean, we, don't forget we got the bigger, long character in Harriet. I mean, right, <laughs> That was good, uh, You know, what okay. I want oh to crazy. Oh, oh wanna, my god!
8: Wanna, she she looks like she looks like me, unshaved.
3: Okay. <laughs> oh my god!
0: Now I want to I want to make sure we get uh, Green Gorilla in on this because uh, okay. I I know he didn't. He's he's tied up in a bunch of different stuff, and I didn't think he planned to come through tonight and uh, I want to make sure we get to hear him while he's here. Uh, Gigi, uh,
3: any- Yeah, what's oh, up, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear we you.
1: Hear you. <laughs> Hi, Gigi. Um, yeah, I, you know, man, I, I've been through this song and dance, man, it just takes a long time for some people to arrive at the point, the hood scholar is that, especially when you know you've been inculcated with certain kinds of information in the academy. I mean, ultimately, you know, what they tell you is, is that, you know, you got the bourgeoisie with your men, you got the proletariat with your women, and it doesn't matter your class, your race, your creed. It doesn't matter anything. All that matters is, is if you got a scrotum and a penis, or a vagina and a uterus. One group of people are the oppressed. The other group of people are the oppressors. And when it comes to black men, you know, it's exacerbated because we all know. Look, man, white women are not getting rid of white men, man. They ain't going yeah, nowhere. Absolutely. And man. white men, white women know this. Like I, the, the the weird thing about it is, man. <laughs> Somebody just tried to call me, my bad. But the weird thing about it is, bro, like, think about it. I went to a school in St. Louis, where, man, I said I wasn't answering the phone. Damn. (laughs) But anyway, uh, so I went to school. I think they just wanna hear the
6: Jeezy Green Gorilla.
1: But anyway, (laughs) man, so, basically, the woman who taught women and gender studies man like the you know like the head of the department mm. had a husband man who taught masculinity studies mm. like i mean so 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 for you you these people are playing both sides against the middle and using this as a a career opportunity and as a means by which to play politics at a level that i think is like two or three tiers above what black people think about we look at the surface level of everything they're playing chess we're playing checkers with politics man these people are running and dancing circles around us and we look mm-hmm. like fools this is mm-hmm. psychological operations man and the fact that black women bought this so wholeheartedly either means that they're sellouts or they're dupes you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean there's no better both way both. to discuss this both, like yeah, was, both. so 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 my viewpoint on it is this it's always been this both men and women can exhibit either either virtue or vice the fact that we've gotten off of this beaten path and we start talking about institutions when the very institutions that these people are actually accessing by means of the so-called patriarchy talk are institutions that are grounded upon colonialism and slavery bruh mm-hmm. i don't I, like i don't see what people don't see about this like uh-huh. this whole culture is about okay well white women saying we want to be able to have access to the resources that have always been available to men who basically they rape, pillaged, and plundered, man, and got what they got. They established institutions, whether they be corporations, whether they be you know governmental institutions, whether it be a militaristic institution, it, it doesn't matter, okay? The point is these guys, man, did a lot of dirt in order to set it up and establish it. And as soon as it came a point in time when people who were outgroup males were about to have access to it, here come the white women, man, banning entry. And they always wanna, you know, talk about how they need and want and desire access, but ultimately they've already had access. This is a, this is a game, it's a con game. It's, to me, it's gaslight. These women act like they don't have access to European or white culture, man. Like they're mm. far away from it and, not, and, and are not able to enjoy the trappings of it. Mm. This is what I mean, like, come on, man. Like, like let's just, just wake up, man. And I can't, you know, Black women, I, you know, in, in terms of Black feminists, you know, I, at first, I was like, let's have a conversation, let's talk, just like Hood Scholar was saying, like, why is it necessary for you to go write in a, in a magazine that, whose readership is primarily white women? Why is it necessary for you to go do that when you can go write to us? You know where we are, you know our demographic and you know where we exist, and you know what mediums we, we basically, you know, consume. So why is it that you're going to these people? I'm telling you why they're going to them. They're going to them so that they can basically get resources for creating social death and incarceration for black men. Man, right? that's, that's what I view it. That's how I perceive this. Okay. If you look, if you look Facts. at Kimberly Crenshaw's, if you look at Kimberly Crenshaw's first articles about intersectional, intersectionality, they were basically talking about how black women are unseen and they are getting abused and subjected to all kinds of violence as well as white you know the the white women okay and that they're prone to be ignored and looked over related to this kind of phenomenon so ultimately you know it's not accurate because we we already know that there's a balance between the kind of viciousness that men and women both engage in but Mm. but but it is what it is right now like i mean you know I don't know how to undo 60 to 70 years of, pros- of proselytization and basically miseducation of black people in the academy because it's, the, it's at the academy where all of this stuff is absorbed. And then it gets re-articulated within popular culture. I don't, I don't know how to even erase or wipe this out. I don't even, like this stuff is spreading around the world. Yes, it is. It's in Korea, it's in China, it's moving to Africa. This, this mm-hmm. like these kind of concepts are moving everywhere. Okay, so the question is like, how long will men sit back and listen to half the truth? Now I'm not saying that like, I hate black women or black feminists, but I'm just saying, I hate lies. I do hate lies. I hate misrepresentations of the truth. I hate canards. I hate cap. These, these people need to start a, a lid store. They got too much cash. Hysterical. Got <laughs> <goddess> cat, <bro>. <laughs> <laughs> and let you me just jump it?
2: in real quick on that point, Green. Um, good to hear from you too, bro. We need to catch up. For but sure, um, did cool. what you're saying is exactly what I was saying earlier. It's a trick of the enemy. we're calling out their BS, they're trying to make it seem like whenever we call out their BS, we are attacking black women. No. We are attacking the lies. We are attacking the tropes. We are attacking all these things that aren't true about black men that our life literally depend on, right? But, That's but, but, mm-hmm.
3: but, but let me
2: say this, though, Green. Um, I, I guess i I'll just say this because I'm in family. I'm actually organizing, brother. I already got this article. Did I, did I, did I show y'all I can't um, can black men die right? It's already being published in UK. I'm going to get it published in London. I'm going to get it published in um, Cuba. I'm gonna get it published in Nigeria. Next, I'm trying to go to Ghana. Already they talking to somebody there it in Australia. Is. I'm moving, bro.
1: I'm moving. Well, you know, I'll write a hit piece for you too. But but here's here's my thing about this, though, bro. Like everything that these women are charging us about in relation to like our behavior and the misogyny and so on and so forth, everything that they're saying we're doing, they're doing, but they're not just doing it, they're doing it for white people. Yeah. It's the, strange, the strangest thing. Like you can't attack black women, you can't attack black women. The hell I can't if you're attacking me? Well, I mean, if you're attacking me, how? what am I supposed to do? Fall on the sword and allow you to continue to hit me with rap after rap of blows? It makes no mm, yes. sense. It is, this, is, this is, look, this is not natural to, to make men sit and hear lies about themselves over decades. And then the only, Mm -hmm. you know, the only thing that keeps it in place is is either men don't want to be embarrassed or, you know, they've been browbeaten and guilt-tripped into into becoming what that one guy, Chen Weizu, said in the book when he talks about the anatomy of female power. Like, a lot of men have become mushos, bro, or simps Mm -hmm. and simp enforcers to the point where they can't think for themselves or think outside of the framework that they've been given by either popular culture or the academy. And it's a problem. You know, I mean, because initially, you know, black folks did not think like this. It took decade after decade after decade after decade. And then the question is, like, white women, like, these, like, are you lapdogs to these people? Like, you know what Dessalines and them did to these people, man? Like, it doesn't matter if they were Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to women, but I'm just saying, like, the, the whole point is, look, If they're doing something wicked, it has to be called out, period. And these are the same people that spit on us. The same people, you know, who basically had us lynched. Like Me Too, when I think of Me Too, I think about it in reference to Emmett Till. You understand what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? I think about, you know, what would Black people say about today if they were transported from 50 to 60 years ago up to now? And the narratives that are being, you know, promoted. They would be like, I mean, Mamie Till would probably be rolling around in her grave. I mean, it's, it's probably rolling around in her grave now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, come on. like. Well, Ella, well, Ella well, hold, on,
0: hold, on. hold on, hold on. We got to give uh, Hood Scholar a chance to respond because he's going to actually have to leave now. So I want to. No, oh,
1: okay. I- I'm sorry, bro. No, 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 just, no, no. We
0: can continue. I just want to make sure. Uh, and Mark Swift, appreciate that generous support. Uh, go ahead, Hood Scholar, because I know you got to go, brother. Your last thoughts, reflections, uh, maybe even responses to Gigi. Anything you want to say, man?
2: Yeah, y'all, y'all see, I, I had to put back on the work uniform. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say, um, uh, shout out to you, um, uh, T. Hassan. That's a dope name, T. Hassan. Shout out to you for having me on. I really appreciate you. Y'all keep supporting this, brother. Um, we need platforms like this, right? Somebody said for um, propaganda, we need anti-propaganda. Um, so yeah, also, look, sh- spread the article can, bl- well, maybe, you know what, I'm trying to get can black men die right published. Of course it's hard because I'm telling the truth and I'm right. talking about black feminism, so they don't want, they don't, they don't want that to get published. But also, mm-hmm. um, I, I, if I can't get it published in the US, of course I'm getting published around the world. If I can, spread that joint. Uh, but i close with this on my on my own personal page i did a live with one of my homies from the hood and his girl was over there with him and i let her see what yasha aisha however you say her name callahan said um, about black men this was a black woman of course she's from the hood but she was just like what and y'all can see her reaction the thing is look y'all the majority of us the majority of black people we don't mess with this stuff right once we 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 get the 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 brand the way it's being pushed in the media and the soft can't but once we see the truth, like she literally laughed at it, right? My other homie um cow shout out to cow I don't know if he's watching this. He was like, "Look at this goofball," right? Look, y'all. Originally, these were the the original um black feminist and come by. He was only thirty women, right? Like I said, Barbara Smith, they were clowning her. Look, y'all. These are some goofballs, right? And so, if we can expose their goofiness, I'm not saying it just to clown them, but to say, and we can expose who they really are, the agenda that's really behind that. The most of our people ain't gonna rock with that. So that that's what I want to. That's what I want to close with. We gotta expose the truth, If we get the truth out there, then hopefully we can get set free. Because if not, our lives literally depend on this, y'all. And that and that's that's what I'm been. That's what's pushing me to go forward because as this propaganda machine continue to grow and if they keep pushing black men like this then they'll just be able to kill us with without impunity right they'll just be able to shoot us down the concern is they might get to the point where they can just police can just kill us they're not even gonna march anymore they're not even gonna care they're just gonna leave out leave our body there and whatever right and i'm not trying to be grim i'm not trying to
6: no um, you're right because there's already sisters advocating for that now
2: yeah, yep right I just gotta tell the truth, y'all. So that's why I'm gonna work hard, y'all. Like um I'm a, I'm a fight on this. I'm gonna keep fighting this, y'all. So appreciate you, T. His son. Those are my closing words. Keep fighting. Keep fighting this black feminist machine. And oh, actually, let me close with this: Black men, these are lies, right? Y'all not Bruce. Y'all not Beast. Y'all not under this stuff. Y'all are mm-hmm. dope. Y'all are smart. Y'all got skills. Y'all got talents. Y'all got emotions. Y'all got feelings. Y'all can do this joint, yo. Y'all got this. Thank you, desk. thank you. Okay, no
0: thank now, you. Now, yo, I'm going to call you tomorrow, man. I'm going to get you some of these uh, uh donations. So, uh, I'll okay. give you a call probably after about uh, after I get out of class tomorrow.
6: All right, bet. That's to the fight, y'all. Peace.
3: Peace. Peace.
6: Peace, bro. Thank you. Thank oh, you
0: for the discussion. <laughs> all right. Dr. Yeah. T. What's up? What are your thoughts on them? I mean, I wanted to ask this while he was still here, but I know he got to go. What are your yeah. thoughts on them trying to um, redo the color purple? Man, you know what? Actually, Lord. I was going to do a video on that this week. Uh, yeah. At the end of the day, man, they are celebrating uh, the death of the black male image. And it's being rehearsed. It's being taught to... A- Eric, appreciate that that support it's being rehearsed, it's being taught to a new a new generation. I mean, they are basically trying to do the 1980s all over again. They oh, want boy. another generation of of women in particular, uh, but even LGBT in this dynamic to contribute boy. to it. And I bet money that they're going to embellish on the LGBT part of the story, because it was always there. Yeah, my mother told me that, because she read the book. She said that actually had a lesbian
1: affair. No, it,
0: it was always there, but in the '80s, they just kind of they did, they kind of glossed over it in the movie. They didn't delve into it as deeply. They're right. probably going to double down on it a little more in this because they really want to bring in that generation to further contribute to this narrative. Uh, so it's yeah, this is they're they're trying to light this bomb all over again. Really are. So you know,
8: the man hate is real, that? good doctor. The man hate <laughs> is real. It's sad. Yeah. Sad but yeah. true. It's. It's it's a new form of penis envy, man. It's just but that's it's, what it basically it's is. It's a new form.
1: It's already form. here. It it's, like like here's the point, bro. Like these people are not going to stop pushing this propaganda until somebody stands up and says, "Enough is enough." Agreed. Like they just like McCarthyism did not stop until people mm-hmm. said, "Look, man, it's enough of this already." Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 time but like men don't say anything and now it's coming back and people are not uh, paying attention. It's but, it's, and it's, and it's like, good, the, old, like,
8: but it's but like the old say, it's like the old saying GG for evil to persist, all good men have to do was absolutely nothing.
1: But it's it's gonna take women to say something like Elaine Brown, like I saw her clip earlier. Like I mean <laughs> the idea that like all men, like all black men throughout the history of the United States and elsewhere, all they did was resign women to barefoot and pregnant status. Like, I mean, like this is just absolutely ridiculous, man. Like, I mean, I, and like the, the question is how far are we gonna go with it? And the context of all of this, just keep this in mind. It started off with the right to vote. So everybody has the right to vote now, no more issues. Then it became about, you know, being uh, able to participate in the workforce. White women mm-hmm. won that. I mean, they're the ones who are basically benefiting from the civil rights movement and affirmative action policies. They got that going and, they got that going and,
3: and,
1: and covered, okay? Mm-hmm. And black women are being able to, you know, to shoehorn themselves riding the wave of, of, of white feminism. But who's left in the dust? Yeah. You're the one left in the dust. It just mm-hmm. is what it is. And, 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 and it's not trying to be ignorant. And, and the only thing these people have to point at us is what? sexual assault and and abuse that's the only thing they can really talk to us about and they do it over and over and over again by connecting in or tying in to those same stereotypes and caricatures of black men that were created during slavery. this this, it just is what it is and black men are buying into it bro like you got so many guys who are like well you know what i believe it you know like we need to do better Mm. you know like michael and Mark mm-hmm. Lamont Hill and yeah. you know, yeah. Mark Anthony yeah. oh, Hill. Hill. And, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, the Academy is full of these guys. Or, if, oh, yeah. if they, or they think totally differently, but they dare say anything because they want to be able to keep their jobs. And the yeah. context of all of this, the context of all of this is money and jobs, bro. Curry said this a long time ago, seven, eight, seven years ago. Black yep. feminisms are all about jobs and money, bro. That's what mm-hmm. it's about. It's mm-hmm. about jobs and money. But and, and
0: what we're seeing now, though, we're seeing that extend off the college campus. When we look at everything yep. we've talked about in the last mm-hmm. few years Goldman Sachs, MasterCard, Google, Visa, all these programs, these private companies, these NGOs that are setting up resources only for black women and girls, they are extending what we've been seeing in the academy out mm-hmm. into the public.
3: In the this same is, order. The way I see
6: it, 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 it hurts black on, women in the my, my apologies. I'll, I'll I'll move out there in one second. It it hurts the average black woman in the long run because I truly believe that there are angry elite sisters, educated sisters on Green Gorilla and Dr. Hassan's level. Those are the ones that know what's going on. They're cold and calculated with it. But the average sister that's mad that she got her little heart broken, right? And she'll go along with this to get back at her baby daddy, her ex-husband, or whatever not truly understanding what she's actually signing up for so the women on dr hassan's level they know what they're doing but the other the average sister is just mad at some situation you know or or another and i'll move out the way
8: yeah and a lot of times it's a situation they created that's the part that's even funnier you have a bunch of these delusional women who always want to point the finger at something but yet you're the catalyst to your own destruction you're the accomplice to the destruction of the community for some odd reason, you want to say, well, these men aren't right. Y'all need to be good men. What is a good man? Is it a good man in service to you? Or is it a good man in service to himself? Nope. And see, a lot of times self-preservation, every time self-preservation is supposed to dictate above all. Yep. And you're not allowed to do it as a black man for certain reasons. Because once you start realizing that you're barefoot on coals in the middle of hell, you're gonna get the hell out of it
3: mhm mhm mm-hmm.
4: yeah but i you know I think you know to the to the point of who about about whether or not um you know you you have to go to the to for as a woman anyway black woman you have to go to the academy to know what's going on black women on all levels understand what's going on let's let's not let's let's not uh gloss that over they all know what's going on whether they're in the academy or not and and I think you know I, I was on clubhouse the other day and this chick was telling me that it's it was it's part of the natural evolution for black women to be in these in these corporate positions with these with the with these degrees but at the same time you know she's talking about how the patriarchy is destroying the world but i'm like you're in a you're in these corporations that are actually part of the of the destruction of of the world you're in the patriarchal system itself so i'm like this so is like how are you how are you talking out to you know two sides of your neck you're saying you're against patriarchy but you're saying it's a natural evolution as a black woman to be you know to be a queen you know or you know on on the throne next to the, next to the white man
6: ian Cause many because because people- they they don't think that laura bush has blood on her hands they think that if you stand to the side, if your husband or your boyfriend or your who your employer is out here slaughtering and killing and taking grandmas home because you're associated with that and you're helping along, you don't have blood on your hands because you're a woman. You get what I'm saying? A lot of people don't see it that way. A lot of women don't see it that way. They don't think that if you're the drug dealer's girlfriend, you got blood on your hands. You see what I'm saying? don't
8: you're starting starting, out. To, oh, You're starting war. to war, <laughs> not real, oh, me? it's Everglade yeah, Wireless.
1: My whole thing is this the radical feminists started off as an outgrowth to the 60s, you know, like the civil rights movement, which was heavily socialist, even in some instances, communist. So, you had these radical feminists wanting to fight the power, you know, like the hippie movement, wanting to fight back against corporations, wanting more inclusive education. Now, it's all about corporate jobs, man. Like, how did, how did it ever come to pass? And like, there have been many philosophers who basically, you know, given warnings and talked about, you know, certain omens, you know, that you'll see when you buy into corporatism and, you know, basically the whole neoliberal technological apparatus that we call Western culture at the current moment, man. It's like, okay, right now, what's more important than family life, even your own children, is some sort of job. That's why this bgs had me going on you know ad nauseum to talk about rousseau and what rousseau actually contributed in relation to thinking about liberty and involvement in politics but the, the overall picture that rousseau comes up with is that look right now this is about a more popra basically people wanting status and wanting to be seen you know like Who's got the newest Cadillac? This is keeping up with the Jones, yep. man. And you're playing with black yep. people's lives, doing it, bro. Mm-hmm. Right. This, this, this is ridiculous, bro. So you can have a job somewhere. You you willing to actually, or you can have a house or a car or a Cadillac. I think Dr. Johnson refers to it as pig feet or extra blankets. Like all of that, man, you willing to you willing to put people's lives on the line. So you can have some extra blankets or some trinkets or an iPhone or an iPad or, you know, a, a, a MacBook Pro. Like, is this what this is about, man? Or like a title somewhere where yes. you get to talk and people get to look up to you like, oh, like, uh, is this what this is really about, man? Because at the end of the day, and I'm gone after this, bro. I'm sorry to even talk so long. man. Um, but look,
6: no, keep going.
1: It's about people, man. People matter, man. Your corporate job, man, like people used to say, I don't want to work. I want to retire. These people are like not even tripping off that. They like, I want to have like my life be centered around my job, not centered around my family. I'm not working for my family. I'm working to gain attention and esteem and connectivity with other people in the workplace. And you know what the workplace is like, bro. It's all cap, man. People are putting mm-hmm. on a mask when they go to work, dog. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody mm-hmm. comfortable with the gig, bruh. It's mm-hmm. all cap at the gig. You got to act a certain way, and I'm mean, partial and objective. Which man. which people like, this is,
2: Which is why hey, people are quitting in droves. They tired yeah. of it.
1: I'm done with it, bruh. I'm gone, bro. Look, love to you and all y'all brothers, man. Like I, I know I haven't been here in a while. I'm I'm doing some things right now. I'm trying to like I'm joining, but I'm about to get back on, man. But Very love good. y'all, man.
3: Love y'all, man.
1: Don't let these people shut us down, bro. Like I, we don't hate them. I don't hate these people. You know what I'm saying? Like I mean, I might I have I ain't gonna say who I do hate, but the the reality is, at some point, man, like it, these people got to be told. Like Bill Burr said, "Come here and get your talking to." We got to get some talking to with these people, bro. They need some words,
0: bro now now look let's make sure that we support green gorilla's channel uh do the same with uh with charles faulkner's channel ab media and 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 we got to get ian to start his channel mr
6: z's channel sorry (laughs) y'all
0: i wasn't done i wasn't done we gotta support mr Z. at the end of the day we, we have to do this because these conversations uh if we don't have the people here to have them they don't happen. We got to support the brothers that are here that are ready to talk about this. They need help. They need support. So please make sure y'all do.
6: Um,
0: Green Gorilla and um,
6: Dr. Hassan. Before um, Green Gorilla goes, you know what? If you can't be white, let's call a thing a thing. If you can't be white, then why not kill yourself and maybe your whole entire community to get the, the the accoutrement of whiteness that like you said um green gorilla that cadillac that house in the burbs right maybe even the white husband oops right so if you can't be um, um miss Ann karen or becky then screw the black community and um let it burn to hell because i want auto accoutrement of the white woman i wasn't supposed to say that oops
0: well this is this is the thing this is why terminology is so important and it's why some of us are, are creating concepts in terms to better understand our reality uh i've been talking about colonizing agents over the last few months And by that, I'm referring to Black women that have been socialized, that have been incentivized institutionally uh, to act against the interests of their community and particularly Black men. But when I talk about feminists, there's a term that I used several years ago in some of the articles I wrote on my blog. I call them Black feminist nationalists. And the reason I use that term is there's a unique type of nationalism amongst Black feminism that is primarily about the political, and social advancement of black women only, only as long as they adhere to a black feminist agenda, and with that, are willing to sell black men down the river. There's a very distinct type of nationalism. I don't know. If somebody got to uh, mute their mic if you're doing a lot of moving around on it. Um, that might be Charles. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. So there's a very distinct type of nationalism at play right now, and we're seeing it. I mean, it. it it's, It's it's Borg. It's it's moving like the Borg, really. But at the end of the day, we got to call it out and confront it. We got to call it out and confront
4: it. So, Amen. Amen to that.
0: Yeah. Any any other reflections, observations? Anything anybody wants to drop in here?
4: I think though too. Go ahead. I think though too. You know what? What what, we're what we're dealing with. You know. You know, especially like. You you know you you gave the uh, the video about the uh, the seven boys that came out of the river, you know before uh, Emmett Till.
3: Yeah. You know yeah. I, I think yeah
4: it's, it's, just, it's just it's just a total negation of, of of black male existence. You know at this at this point and and I think you know to the nationalist point you know we have been excommunicated from the black community. So the question is, are we going to fight to be black or are we going to fight to be men? You
3: know, and I think that that becomes the the major question. Um, I guess this and the fight is
7: definitely necessary because Black women have clearly (laughs) othered themselves. They have othered themselves. They're continuing to work on solidifying that othering, and they're being supported, um, Mm -hmm. you know, by corporate entities, by politicians, so on and so forth. So, so to Gigi's point, when do we as Black men decide? what course we're going to chart. I'm currently working on a postgraduate degree right now. And every time I go to class, I feel like I'm in a landfill. I have to tiptoe. I have to step around. And some of the things that are coming from the mouths of some of these black women, 20, early thirties at the most, it's frightening, bro.
0: It's frightening. Oh, yes. Black feminist nationalism I'm talking about. You hear it. I'm it is
7: woven into the fabric into their psyche and yes. honestly mm. like we have no value we have in their eyes black men and you know to ex- to it to an extent black boys some most of you know that are coming from them there's qualifications to the value that black boys have there 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 um caveats yeah when it comes to discussing the lives and the success and, and the prospering of black
0: boys, but black men,
7: no. Well, you
0: you might have a chance. We have no
7: value in the eyes of many, many black women.
0: You, You might have a chance of being valued if you're, if you're related. To the person in question. If you're a son, (laughs) you might have a chance. But but
7: even that's conditional, I think. And that's what I was gonna say. Johnson, I think that's
0: conditional. That's one of the things Mm -hmm. I talked about the other night. I was Mm -hmm. saying at the end of the day, I know women who are white collar with sons, and they will still go lobby their their the corporation they work in to to fund money strictly for programs for girls. And they got sons at home. Some of these women don't even have daughters, and they'll still Mm just for girls or women.
8: They're so short-sighted. That's what I was going to go to, Charles. Go ahead, go ahead. They're so short-sighted, they can't see the trees instead of capturing the whole forest itself. And this is a project that I'm working on. Like, I'm trying to bring the Grey Fogner Initiative to fruition. I teamed up with a couple of people, especially an army buddy of mine, went over to the war with me. I've always been asked this question. Why do we have so many young black men on the street? Well, one, because you're afraid to train them. You're afraid to teach them. You're just pretty much afraid of them. What What if I taught them how to be medics and paramedics? What if I taught them to do executive protection and sent them overseas? They would automatically be making six figures. You would literally change the scope of the black community overnight. And that's with just what? Roughly six months of training? But yet, the little things, the little things, as we used to say in the QRF, it's the little things that get you killed. It's the little things that stifle your growth. It's the little things that people do. And I'm glad you mentioned that about how there are so many women out there who are (laughs) dead set on the destruction of the black male so much so that they will sell their sons for a sil for thirty pieces of silver. You know, just as long as he's Dr. in
7: service. Just as long as he's of service to the to y- to the to the to the matriarchy, he's good to go.
6: I don't know if any of y'all seen this tweet um maybe a year ago now where a sister said, and I hesitate to call her sister, but um what happened to the days where men would die and leave you their life insurance money or something along those lines, right? Yes, like yeah. that yeah that's the level like and you know like and and going to where Charles was speaking to earlier this doesn't even work for the masses of black women at the end of the day like the masses of them are like the sisters y'all see crying on Instagram right now because they don't got no dude but like this doesn't even work for the masses like it's a handful of you know um elite and educated and maybe well-connected black women that are actually benefiting from these type of policies and ideologies but the mass and and maybe some of the lgbtq sisters but outside of that most black women are not benefiting no way shape or form from this type of worldview of black men actually as a matter of fact it is their sons and their husbands and their boyfriends and their baby daddies and their fathers that are actually being the ones that are being impacted by this this is not we're not talking about the the sisters that, you know, do their hardest work their hardest to get away from black men. Those women are already gone, right? The ones that marry out or, or you know, engage in same sex relationships or whatever. We're talking about the average black woman. And she's just <laughs> she's actually kind of losing with this type of rhetoric, to be honest. Well, that's because she's not vocal. Mm-hmm. They, they, they need to be more
7: vocal. What, what I don't see is that is that mm-hmm. majority being more vocal and actually pushing back against
3: the minority,
0: which forces you to ask, uh, to what extent do they disagree with the, the type of rampant, blatant misandry that we're seeing? Exactly. It, because if you look, when you see that Elaine Brown post, one of the things that I saw hit so many men in the comments section as they were watching it is she was unapologetic in her critique of feminism. She didn't flinch, she didn't blink, she said what she had to say, and she stood on it like a rock. And it, and and I saw men in there. One brother said, "I wish I could hug her right now." It literally resonated with you because of how strong a stance she took. We don't hear that kind of strong t- stance being taken very often, even in pop, even in uh, social media. We don't see it enough, so mm-hmm. it leads you to a conclusion that well. If, the, if if these are just these rogue extremists in the corner talking a lot of mess and getting access and that is happening then where is the pushback from the majority and that's where the the black feminist nationalism i talk about comes into play because they are conditioned to participate in something that is ultimately separating the community and they don't even see it as such they don't see a connection between as you pointed out earlier i think it was mr z they don't have relationships but at the same time Mm -hmm. they want one and don't see the connection between their behavior, their rhetoric, why nobody wants to engage them. They do not. Dr.
8: T, I was on a live stream the other day with BGS and I asked this one question that even the women said, you know what? We're going to shut the hell up about that. We can't, we can't, we can't debate you anymore. You won. I said, give us one, give us five. And I went down to one one reason would it would benefit to marry you hmm. could we trust you in today's time can we trust you to even raise our sons and daughters properly can you do it or are you going to use that child as another weapon against us are you going to go out there and when you get mad and tell the whole world how much excuse my language ain't shit that we are or you're gonna tell or you're gonna tell the world he's still Superman whether he's on his knees or on his feet and I said give us one reason we should do all that stuff we should go out there and face the beast of the world give our lives up to you what do we benefit mm-hmm. and she said mm-hmm. and the women said not a damn thing I'm sorry we can't debate that
6: you know um I focus a lot on our intimate relationships between men and women, because I think a lot of this rhetoric and going to which the question you asked Dr. Hassan, though much of the reason why this is kind of greenlit and agreed with in silence is mm. because, a sister and I, I was saying this earlier, they get their heart broken or they're in a relationship that fails, you know, as they do. And then it's, yeah, I may not hate these men. I may not have the vitriol of some of these content creators or some of these academics, but my baby daddy ain't ish, right? and Mm -hmm. that type of feeling because i i I think we play it down a lot and i think even in academia if if someone like you were to bring this up they would try to like shut it down like it ain't that serious no it is that serious it is the reason why you you, and and i'll give you an example um from my understanding um what's uh, gail gail's ex-husband cheated on her i think she walked in on him right Mm. now she's been you know dealing with that you know, she's been dealing with that for for, you know, for thirty years or so odds. I don't think she ever married after the fact or anything. Now, when you see her interview with Lisa Leslie, now you kind of get where you kind of get it, right? So I'm using that to for people to extrapolate like that's a lot of what we see going on. And I think we play it down a bit too much, maybe on your level on down here closer to the ground, right? We understand a lot of that. But in academia, a lot of educated and you know, well-connected sisters like to pretend like the reason they're doing what they're doing is has nothing to do with, you know, their intimate relationships with their fathers and their brothers and their, you know, their, their ex-husbands and whatnot. And it does. And we can see it in certain moments of honesty where mm-hmm. they'll mm-hmm. kind of let something slip. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's where it stems from. Mm-hmm. All of this is because of that one quote-unquote, you know, eight-ish dude. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know?
8: And I'll, I'll pause right there. It, it, it just builds up a story, and that yes. same and that same live stream. I just asked a question. Let's let's just be frank. It's either you're bad picker of men, or you purposely choose these men. That ain't sugar, honey, iced tea. Because I'm pretty sure there's plenty of guys out there, and and it doesn't have to be just the guy from academia. It could be the blue collar world. It could be the I sacrilege. guess you know, the <laughs> the uh light blue world, the mixture of white and blue. There are so many men who are doing the damn thing out there that you actually have the pick of the litter in some in some organizations like the police department. You got 88% of men to pick from who make who with the average makes about 70 to 80, dollars a year. You can't pick from that. You know what you know what a lot of these women will pick from dudes that are way lesser to them on the totem pole
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's a control gesture
7: it's control mm-hmm. yeah and, and it speaks to self-perception how they view themselves there's mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. there's a lot of women roaming around with low self-esteem they'll never admit it mm-hmm. but low but low self-esteem
4: you know what well, i, I think self-esteem. it is what i think it is is that is that these women are so proud it's, it's almost like there's it's like it's like being so proud that you that you eat your own shit you know and and it's like whatever is it's like it's whatever come to that point produce, whatever they produce they think is gold and 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 these 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 men that they don't uh find desirable they're the ones that are producing these men they're they're the ones that are raising these men they're grooming these men the same ones that they don't want but they still choose them because they're theirs, but that, but that's a, but that's an ego, that that's a, that's the, that's their ego in play. Because they understand, you know, I'm the, I'm the queen mother of the universe, goddess of the universe, and and I create life. So in in their mind, you know, if they they created it, even though it's shit, it's good enough.
6: Well, what about the power dynamic, right? So throughout time, we've and maybe maybe may more recent history, we've spoken about women as if they're um, innately and automatically more moral than their male counterparts, and they they don't necessarily seek power. This is kind of this is kind of the weird backwards way of gaining power through intersectionality, right? It's like, well, because we've gone through so much more, and because we're we're not just black, we're black, we're women, and we might be LGBTQ, we we don't necessarily seek power. We seek fairness and equality, which is like contrary to like I don't know all of human history. So what ends up happening is that. And at least for me, the way I see it is black women in specific get to engage in a power play while making it seem as if they're really trying to even the odds and, and, you know, they they stand on a moral pedestal above everyone else, including black men. Black men's goal is to be white men. Black women's goal is to bring about fairness and equality in the system and which which we can see oftentimes. Especially, this is why I love the internet. When you give them a camera and they're, they're, they're honest, in their moments of honesty, the way they belittle and insult us is by comparing us to white men and essentially saying, we're not putting them in the position to be white women, right? right. And so like that, that's, that to me is, is very telling. So they don't have the, the vocabulary and the language and the gravitas that maybe women in academia have where they can maneuver and make it seem like it's something outside of that the women closer to the ground are just so much more vocal and adamant about yeah you don't deserve respect you don't deserve your even your title of a man because you haven't put me in the position of Becky Miss Ann or Karen and but, i just find that but, fascinating know, but that's, that's
3: a fact but that's but what
4: i'm saying is what i'm saying goes basically encompasses that what i'm saying is that if if she thinks that she's queen of the universe god of what i'm saying is all of that all of that you know is 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 some aspect but overall, it's the fact that they, they already feel that they're in a position. They're, they're, not, they're not mad at us because we're not putting them in a z- position. They already feel that they're in a position. You know what I'm saying? They already see themselves in a position. And in that position, what they produce, even if it's shit, they find it valuable. Just because their ego won't allow them to cease the, to, to actually give a proper value to what mm-hmm. they're creating.
6: You know what I'm saying? Wow, all are killing it. All are killing it. I, I get it. I just like I said, I I I just don't think. And I I hear what you're saying, Ian. I, I, I truly understand it. But from my conversations and having you know a younger and older sister, mom and everything, aunts and whatever, the, the, even even college educated sisters, they you you're right on the on the edges. they, they somewhat get it but trust me bro like they they not they really don't understand kind of what dr hassan and green gorilla and you know the just brothers in this space. bg they don't they don't know it's that level if we speak when we show them things or when we talk to them about this they're like oh my you you kind of see it you see it in them like oh i didn't know it was like that bad they they truly they truly don't think there's this like organized you know group of women that's like going to Goldman for these type of things, going to academia, speaking about it's crazy to, to get those positions, to become professors, right? They don't really, th- like Green Gorilla and, and um, Dr. Hassan was speaking about, they don't think academia is that cold and calculated and rigid when it comes to these type of things. And they, don't, they, and they don't understand
0: their own participation in that as well. And the, and the other thing I'd add to that is when they come into these spaces, like like literally just clicking on this video and hearing you guys for the first time, they're like, what the hell language is this? We don't even understand what this is. Uh,
3: mm-hmm. But they
0: don't because they severely under, they severely underestimate Black men's analysis of what's happening and our response to it. I agree. It's severely underestimated. They don't realize how much black black men have been talking about this, thinking about this for decades, uh-huh. but especially in the last decade, really uh-huh. starting uh-huh. to compare notes with each other. Well, it, it's, you know, that's it's just because they live, they live a different
7: reality, man. Dr. Wait, Johnson, wait, I caught your show, and black black women don't their, their worldview is is a lot different than ours. The way that white supremacy, racism, and these things impact them. And affect them, it's different and it has been different from quite some time. So the way that we articulate, you know, um, our our lives, uh, the phenomenon that exists in our lives, they're not gonna understand it because they, they're receiving something different, uh-huh. which shapes their perspective. Uh-huh.
3: And no, I didn't realize this until
7: that. I was with an ex and an ex of mine. We would just get into these like these debates and I I literally found myself saying like, why don't you see it? And Uh it wasn't only until after we broke up, right? Uh Um, That I understood her from her positionality and how her experiences in that position shaped her her view. We Uh were totally mismatched. Uh She was very corporate, uh, you know, top 10 school. I'm college educated as well. But you know, most of most of my work has really just kind of been direct service on the ground. It involves community organizing and, and activism and that type of thing. We uh-huh. have two different experiences.
3: Uh-huh.
4: Yeah. You yeah. know, I think I think to that point though, you know, you and uh, doc, Dr. Hassan, I, th- I think I think what what we're missing, and, and even to uh, Mr. Z, what we're missing is is that when we're, we're saying that they don't know, right? So. So basically we we we're not giving enough credit to black women that they are to some degree white supremacist. So so how do how does white supremacy work? White supremacy doesn't have to acknowledge anything, right? White supremacy yeah. just has to believe that it's superior, right? You mm-hmm. you can you can you can have a a black male you can have a black person who is a brain surgeon, scientist or whatever, and you know and they, and they could be living in in a trailer park, but because They they are indoctrinated with this supremacy, right? They don't they don't have to know anything. They can still operate from a position of power, just based on the belief that they're better than you. So so it's not it's not necessary, and they're not looking to be educated. They don't give a damn about
8: that. I've said it once,
4: generation to generation, they have ruled, and that's all they need to know.
8: I've said it once, and I'll say it again. Black girl magic only persists due to forced blackmail, mediocrity, white boy interference, and white girl subterfuge. But by, by the way, um, um, Ian, none
6: none of what I say means that I absolve them of anything. I truly believe that you are to be held accountable for what you choose to believe in. You know, the Roger report gave me that, and I truly believe that. That's just real. Um, Right, so no, so it's it's one of those situations where you go into court and the judge tell you, yeah, ignorance of the law doesn't mean you don't get to you don't get have to obey it, right? So uh, even with me saying these things, that doesn't mean that them participating, even lightweight in some of this rhetoric and some in this push, means that I I absolve the average sister of of how she engages with this type of misandric or misandrist way of viewing black men. You know i don't want to absolve them of that even though i think they don't fully comprehend what they're doing well, yeah, well, i don't you, even that, take
7: that's
4: that i don't think they're ever going to comprehend it i don't think that you can textbook conversation are you know with them our way out of this is what i'm saying i agree we're, with that we're, we're going to mm-hmm. have to get into our family structures to fix this right yeah
0: right Honestly, that's why I call it a particular form of nationalism. I'm not talking about black nationalism. I'm saying they've developed their own because they work in their own interest to the detriment of the entire community in that yeah, respect.
8: Yep.
7: Everybody else, not even just gets black women too.
8: It's so now mm-hmm. minded because when I was on that same live stream, this one lady had to say, Well, who made the laws? I said, Damn all that. Who utilizes them?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I said,
8: but but, but she couldn't, I said, no, I don't give a damn what the laws on the books. You're talking to a guy who enforced the law Mm -hmm. for years. Mm -hmm. There's certain laws I'm going to enforce and (laughs) certain ones I'm not going to put an interest uh, in in a big particular interest in. When Mm -hmm. you know, just like they said, well, you got the same rights in the court. What court? The court of public opinion?
0: Right, right, right.
8: Like how many fathers out there? go Going catching hell as soon as they go to the courts, and they like, Well, you know, that's only for the bitter baby mamas. Guess what happened in the 90s when they did welfare reform? They put their bitter asses in either the city hall or the courthouse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said, you, you gotta be, you gotta live in reality because too many, too many people out there have got away with Scott murder figuratively and literally, and literally, yeah, off of just this so-called, I didn't know, let's blame somebody else. How the hell am I going to blame a white guy, but you taking me down? You're the one who called the police against me. You're the one taking my kids away from me. I said, think about this. You really think the system's fair? I know one guy paying a thousand, a th- over $1,000 for one child. I know a father who has custody of all three of his kids, and he's only getting two to $400 a month. Make that make sense if you want to live in this equal world.
6: Uh but do, do you, do you truly let's think about, um, how, how, how femininity has been kind of marketed over the past 200, 300 years. Do you really want to give up some of those, those feminine benefits for equality? Who who wants that? What woman truly wants equality? If we're going to be honest, A, a heterosexual woman, at least, which one of them truly want equality? It, it, it's it's special and equal simultaneously or i get to put it on a scale and i get equality when i wanted and needed and, and 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 privilege and and special treatment when i wanted and needed we as a matter of fact i don't even think that's specifically a woman thing i truly believe that most people don't actually want equality mm-hmm. right but especially if not women not 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 when you and your sister see when your sister sees the difference in how the world treats you as a black man and how it treats her if she's aware she does not want equality she does not want that treatment women do not want the same prison sentence as as um um professor hassan was speaking about earlier they don't want that they don't want the harshness that that we're faced with when when they do know what it's like they don't want nobody wants that Mm -hmm. (laughs) right so they're not looking for equality no 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 oh
0: boy uh, I just checked Twitter. Uh, guess who? Uh, guess who's
7: getting me to now? Wow. Snoop Dog. Oh wow! I, I just sent it to you, Doctor T. Okay.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, rapper calls it a shakedown.
7: I bet it is. Uh-huh. It is I
3: he knew. I
7: knew they wasn't going to let him get away with that Gail King comment that that easy. I I, I knew it. I, I knew they wasn't going to let him skate with that.
3: Huh.
0: Wow. Hold on, I'm, gonna put it, I'm gonna put it up. Uh, and we are gonna have to close out soon, but I definitely wanna get you guys to comment um, before we bounce. Uh, hold on, I'll put it up on the screen. Yeah. And he just, I, I, I read somewhere else he just bought Death Row.
6: Oh, Death Row Red- uh, because I, I think the lady that had it before bought it for 24 million, which is a travesty to have all of Puck's music and Snoop's music from the right. 90s, that period, amazing, for 24 yeah that's a travesty <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah
6: so uh,
0: yeah yeah you yeah. might have to find out what's going on uh and you where see Ma- where's Martha
4: stewart when you need her
8: <laughs> Oh. <Uh-oh. laughs> I, I mean really it's a shake uh, you know what's funny and i said this in the department long ago and i said this to a female officer. i said Y'all women have priced yourselves out of the game. She's like, "What yeah. you mean?" Feeling my
6: shit, Charles. I
8: said, yeah, yeah. I said, "I was saying this. I was saying this shit when it was still food, man." But <laughs> uh, I told it. I said, "Look, you you're 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 gonna be forty in a few months. Mm. Unmarried, making money. Now mm. she's a sergeant." Which means it's going to be even harder for you to find a husband because you're in a different bracket now. So, what do you have to show except your loneliness? You bought a house, a uh, single family home with no family, which is amazing. And what do you have to show? Look at your whole girl. She just bought a house. And apparently she bought a dog. Well, and you know
0: what? It what goes with that because people like to reduce it to, and, and I'm saying this especially feminists, they like to reduce it to money, and they like to say men are intimidated by women that have money. That's not what it is. What no. has to do with is the the perspective that feminists in particular tend to have, especially if they have more resources than the man they're they're with, and what you end up having is a, a serious emasculation that tend, that jumps off on a regular basis, and this is what. One of the things that I think men are, are are really dodging, they're like, I don't even wanna deal with that. I wanna come into a situation. And we talk about this all the time with men that, that choose to live with women and then get cussed out. I even showed a few videos in the last month on what happens in those situations. And uh, emasculation, control, dismissal, uh, all of those things tend to come with it. And men are just like, it's not
6: worth it. Well, yeah. Dr. Hassan, what, we, what we've what we seen, and this is the beauty of the internet once again, over the past couple years, is women themselves telling you straight up like, like verbatim i'm about to say what she said yeah if i make more than you i will mistreat you like a sister straight up on camera her face showing said that not and it's not even like she was kind of goaded into saying that she said that like i don't like just regular conversation if i make more than you i will mistreat you
8: and these right? are five saying this these are fours No, this is kind of
6: cute when she said it but uh, but no nah, you know so yeah and, and so like i'm i'm saying that to make say so like so- g- g- you know, fight, fighting against that, that that kind of feminist narrative of of men are intimidated. No, we what's beautiful about this modern era and people kind of doing anything for clout is that people are straight up telling you, Yeah, um, and, and women in, in particular, yeah, if I, I don't first of all, I don't want a man I make more money than and I have more status or education than. And if I am in a relationship with that person, all the all all this moral high grounding of you know women in these certain positions will not mistreat men. Yeah, I will because I'm in the power position, right? And mm-hmm. and and the beauty of of this era is that women are just straight up saying it, especially black women. Straight up saying it. Yeah, if I'm in the power position, I will mistreat you. I mean, how, at least was, they're well, they,
3: they, The yeah. thing
6: is,
4: that they're gonna mistreat you even before they get the power. So it's like, yo, chick, if you if you was mistreating me when you didn't have nothing, come on, man. What what do you what? Do you, what do you think I'm going to expect when you get some real, some real power over me? Okay, bye. Thanks for telling me. Bye.
6: Next. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I just think this this is we we just have to be honest of the time we live in, right? So, mm-hmm. I'm all for equality, I'm all for fairness, I'm all for everything that that that's coming, but I think like I said earlier, I think what ends up happening is people want special and equal simultaneously. Women, namely, and like they're they're struggling with how fast this changes happen. We're you know we're talking about a movement, yeah, that that might be a couple centuries old, but really exploded mid sixties and up, just just gonna, skyrocketed mid sixties you know, and
8: up. I'm gonna say I'm this
6: man. Go
8: ahead. I'm gonna say this man. Yeah. See, this is what happens when black men are not brought up in military science. Our our militarism and our militant ways have gone to the way of the uh, supportive male. When you, when you understand military science, you understand your enemy and you treat them accordingly. There's nothing, you do not treat that person anything but somebody who has nothing but utter content for you. Mm. So when you look at these things and you look who's all around you, and you notice there's enemies surrounding you, you don't go out there and say, hey, that person right there, even though they cut off my arm, they handed me a bandage, they're friendly. No, they're not. Mm-hmm. And this is what black men have been for the last how many years, Doc? So when we when we look at this situation, black men are gonna have to gonna have to, you know, circle the wagons and fight their way out of it. Yeah, you're gonna have to be ruthless. You may not. Sometimes you're gonna have to leave people and be like, look, I got to do what's best for me. I got to do what's best for business. And if you're not about making dollars, then you obviously ain't got the damn sense.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Facts.
6: Facts, you know, I, I like I, I just <laughs> it, 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 the, like I said, the, the, the power dynamic right now, the what what has transpired mainly over the past 50, 60 years. You know, I, I, I think men and women are kind of struggling with this, especially when you throw technology in the mix, women, namely and, and quite frankly, they want their cake and eat it, too. And that's just not the world they're living in and and will not be uh, arguably not living in for the foreseeable future. And yeah. and you see the the schism the the schism that's going on within them, within the individual woman not not women writ large. Individual women are being ripped to shreds, right? So we can we can just imagine what you know the women as a group, and then you know the larger black community and whatnot. You know they're just yeah they're just they just don't know how to deal with this. And but they're destroying men in the process, by the way, no. boys and men. You know. We let see them. it in their intimate relationships. We see that in academia. We see that across the board. You know, yeah. and yeah, I well,
0: say let in. them. Well, so you, I, I, oh, finish up, Charles. Go ahead.
8: I said let them so we can see who the enemy truly is. But go ahead. I Doc. agree.
3: Thanks uh, for having
0: me up, Doc. Hey, I just want to thank you guys for, for listening, for coming in, chiming in. I know you guys all got busy schedules, all of that. It's much appreciated. Charles, uh, you, we we briefly touched base last week. I told you, if you need me, let me know when, man.
8: Okay, I'll try to do something with you this. Uh, let me see. I get out of school what Friday at 1. So if you're free on Friday or Saturday, just let me know, and I'll probably have a – if anybody wants to come to the late night after show with me tonight, I'll have a live stream running.
3: <laughs>
8: well,
0: look, much right. appreciated. If, if, you know, Y'all have a good night. Thanks for coming
8: Hey,
4: hold in. Up, hold up, hold up, Doctor Johnson. I want to say this. You know, you you know what what you know what touched me. You know, I, I didn't know because you know I tell my story and and then BGS mentioned this in one of his videos. He said Ian Williams. He meant to say Ian Graves, but <laughs> when when I was doing my uh, my work with uh, ADOS, when the women accused me of of wanting to physically harm them just for my pushback against their feminism. And now you and Hood Scholar said they this is this the exact same thing happened to you guys for your pushback against feminism. They accused you guys of of being threatening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I'm like wow. So you know, I mean, damn. You know, I I'm I'm, I'm I feel better, but I don't feel better that it happened to you too.
0: Well, it you know, this is part of what we talk about, and this is why I use the term colonizing agents for Black women as a whole that are socialized into this. They were using the institution against us as punishment. Yep. That punishment could have ended our careers. I yeah.
3: Mean,
0: I, I, you know, I hope, I hope that uh, Hood Scholar can find a position again, but it's possible that what happened with him may have ended uh, his teaching career as we know it. You know, so so whether you're talking about a false a false rape accusation, whether you're talking about uh, going to family court and accusing the father of touching one of the children just so you can get custody, when you're talking about uh, students trying to get rid of a professor that said something they don't like, they're using institutions in such problematic ways that it promotes severe distrust. It's a it's 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 one thing to have an argument; it's a whole nother thing to to call the cops and make up and fabricate an issue. This is the level we're talking about. this is why colonizing agents is why because they're 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 agents that are using colonial structures to control or punish men, black men in particular and boys and boys. I've seen some of these mothers call police on their sons, yes, yeah, so that being said, we, you know we really have to be able to kind of question you know how do we look at somebody that's willing. And And Doctor Hassan, institutions
6: against us. Yes. Don't forget how sometimes when they call those cops on their sons, don't forget how that ends. Sometimes also, you you call the cops to punish your child, and now your child is no longer alive, and that's on you. Literally, you know. And I'll drop now. Thank thank you once again for having me up. That man, this conversation could go on forever. This this is this was great. Thank you very much.
0: Hey man, thanks for having me, Doctor
7: T. Hey man, thank you. Um, Likewise, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate you coming in, man. Thank you,
4: Doctor Hassan.
0: <laughs>
4: hey, appreciate I, you, bro. Hey,
0: man, I'm, 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 I'm going. I'm gonna lean on you till I see it happen. We need that <laughs> show, man. We need okay, that show. Okay, okay,
4: okay, okay. Got it. I got it. I got it.
0: But nah, man. But thanks it. for coming up tonight, though. Appreciate it.
4: Thank you. Thank you. All right, man. Peace. All right. Good night.
0: All right. So just to let you guys know, uh, I did put all of the article links that were discussed in the show tonight, uh, except for uh, I don't think I did the Snoop Dogg one, because all that was was a little image. I don't have an article, uh, but all of those links are available in the uh, program description. If you scroll down a little bit and look under sources, all the articles we discussed are there. Please contribute to the chat uh, comment. Let us know what you're thinking about these things, um, because we got to get this conversation going. And we really have to, you know, push to another level to really um, make sense of our situation, particularly as men, you know, because uh, the next generation has an opportunity to get something from us that many of us were not able to get from our fathers and grandfathers because they weren't able to compare notes the way black men are able to do so now. So anyway, much appreciation for the support for the show tonight. You guys have have a good evening and I look forward to talking to y'all soon. Peace from the Onyx Report. I am here to tell you, brothers, we are not criminals by birth, perennial rapists, incapable intellects, man children, sperm donors, child support wellsprings, success objects, walking phalluses, ATM machines, lottery tickets, unintelligent henchmen, valueless assassins, pro bono mercenaries, unpaid bodyguards, interchangeable stepfathers, child disciplined proxies, unpaid repairmen, workhorses, emotional tampons, or any other socially accepted dehumanizing stereotype. We are thinkers, inventors, innovators, leaders, fathers, and men. Embrace your humanity, know your worth, and extend your time, attention, and resources only to those who genuinely respect you. And remember, your worth is not defined by meeting other people's narcissistic and selfish and unrealistic needs. You define your worth.
3: Peace.